Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Jaguars made a big mistake not going after Antonio Brown. Here we go again. Brent Martin was all about bringing him to Jacksonville. Oh, my goodness. Antonio Brown, and how's that paying off uh, for the Raiders now? Yeah, not so good. I've seen better. We await suspension, perhaps, says Adam Schefter. We'll see. What is this guy up to, man? I mean, this is crazy. What? He's obviously got a screw or two loose. Yeah. He's got some issues. But I think it goes deeper than that. It's entitlement, selfishness. It's it's what kind of the athletic world embraces now, mm-hmm. almost encourages, has fun with, and not too far away on the branch of an argument is the fact that what we talked about yesterday with player empowerment from a contract standpoint, from a holding out standpoint, from a reshaping of the league and the NBA and the NFL. Again, that this isn't it's not there, but there's somewhere along the it's on that that timeline of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's somewhere on that same tree. It might be far apart on the tree, but it's on there. And it's all about okay, is empowerment good? Is worried about yourself good? Is that the right thing to do? Uh, above team, above everything else. Well this is a guy that now takes it to a, a, an nth level where now he's damaging the team. And the fact that the Raiders took a, a shot on him, uh, then they're obviously dumb for doing that. What it could end up doing is hurting his own pocketbook, too. I mean, he's obviously been trained enough to think about he can get away with a lot of things in Pittsburgh and now in Oakland. And now it might cost him $30 million. I don't know if we get to that point, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that's a breach of contract and, and all those things that happen uh, based on the latest incident that's being reported with Mike Mayock that Antonio Brown could breach a contract that right now will give him $30 million. I mean, hello, dummy. What are we doing? Who's the dummy here, a- Antonio Brown or Mike Mayock? Well, if I'm going to lose $30 million for any kind of selfish action, it's uh, I'm the Antonio dummy. Brown? I'm Antonio Brown. Okay. Now, now, there's well, a, there's a, I do believe there's an element of stupidity in Mayock, but I only want to go so far on that because I was the GM over here of the Jags saying, hey, I think you should go after him. So I'm not being lied with Mayock. You should go after him because, listen, Antonio Brown gave away all the characteristics of a guy that you probably don't want on your football team. When a guy does an open interview and says that if a team picks him up, that they're, they're going to play by his rules, do you think he was kidding when he said that? No, this is a classic example right now of the Raiders you know, pretty much adhering to try to play by Antonio Brown's rules, and it's not going so well. Like, I understand sometimes athletes say things you got to take with a grain of salt. Not Antonio Brown. I think what he says, um, you know, he means and he backs up. Now, another red flag for me was when he left Pittsburgh, when he threw Big Ben underneath the bus, and then when he threw Smith-Schuster underneath the bus, and he had some, you know, really some just pretty harsh things to say about his former teammate. These are all red flags. And then you have a guy like Mike Mayock, who it's his first year as a GM right now for the Raiders, that I guess you want to take a chance and see, you know what, we, we can bring Antonio Brown here. And from all accounts that I've been reading, I guess Mike Mayock's kind of – 
of a hothead as well. You know, I mean, I think he's a very proud individual. But you have to understand, man, this isn't like working the combine and just seeing guys in the runner run around you give them grades. No, like you're you're in the people business now. And you need to understand how you can cultivate and how you can understand AP and get down to uh, AP, AB and get down to his level. Because if you don't, well, yeah, then you're going to lose him. But you also trade away Amari Cooper. So it's not looking good right now for the Raiders if you lose Antonio Brown. Well, you think about some of the moves they've made to get rid of Cooper, get rid of Mack, and bring in a guy like this just in those three moves from a uh, maybe a professionalism standpoint and on-the-field standpoint, a distraction standpoint. There are a lot of questions to be raised. And I think there had to be a pressure to win. See, Mayock uh, and, and Gruden, you know, Gruden's under a 10-year deal. Mm-hmm. And they took a lot of heat last year for getting rid of uh, Cooper and, and Mack. And then said, well, uh, we don't need to win right away. Well, this is the last year in Oakland, a proud franchise. It's been uh, a traditional franchise. There's a good fan base in Oakland, obviously all across the country with Raider fans, but definitely in Oakland. And I think there was a lot of pressure coming off last year to say, hey, this isn't this slow build. I've got a lifetime contract. We can take our time doing this. Instead, let's go win right away. We've got some money. So they go out and get an Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. And again, it's big time risk reward. You know, it's it's at all costs where. Winning can be at all costs sometimes, right? Playing the game of football can be at all costs sometimes. But what can you put up with? And, um, you know, I tweeted out today, and this is the way my tweet read, uh, okay? And this, I knew what I was in for, but I'm just telling you, this is just me being honest. This is the what first thing that popped in my mind. Okay, okay? let's hear it. Uh, let's see what I said. I said, say what you want. But reality is Antonio Brown's selfishness and entitlement is something teams are willing to throw money at and keep on a team, yet Kaepernick can't get a tryout. There's no logic in that. There's none. Yeah. And I know what we're in for now. We're in for everything, the Kaepernick, uh, the, the love, the hate of Kaepernick. I get it. That really wasn't my point. My point was, and I understand when you bring up Kaepernick, I'm not dumb. I just tweeted it out because that was the first thing I thought of. And then I didn't tweet it, and then I was like, Mm, okay. This is a guy. Responses, by the oh, way, yeah, that's great. Was it bad? It's fantastic. Oh, I can't yeah. I have to go look at this. Uh, yeah. But, but anyway, yeah. my point in it is I don't know how good of a quarterback Kaepernick is. In fact, I have argued before that he might not be worth the hassle, much like Tim Tebow from a, a, a circus kind of atmosphere He's, might not if you're a backup quarterback or a third string quarterback are you worth bringing in if you if you have this this following this circus act behind you now Tebow's situation totally different I'm not trying to lump all guys in together but I'm trying to give you examples it doesn't have to be the name Kaepernick is my point my point is how does a guy that played got the team to a Super Bowl has some sort of skill level even as a backup mm-hmm. When teams are kind of recycling backup quarterbacks and picking them off the streets because there's not enough of them, hasn't been able to really get a, a shake in the NFL. Yet teams are willing to put up with the entitlement, the, the, the behavior, the selfishness of an Antonio Brown. Now, what the quick response and, and probably the right response is, well, look at A.B.'s numbers. Look at his production. You're saying, OK, it's He's one of the best wide receivers in the league versus that. But is it? Is it worth it? And and I'm not saying, by the way, like a Kaepernick guy should have stuck. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he can't even get a sniff no, I know. In, in the situation. So it just from a chances standpoint, you know, there's been three years now since the Kaepernick part of it. You know, it, what, what happened happened. Would it still be the same? Uh, would there you know, would he do things that would would not be smart as a backup quarterback or cause more distractions? Probably, but my point is this guy's causing distractions too. Like, what's distractions are distractions. 
Is there really a difference uh, in distractions? Yeah. So, listen, I've been adamant about the whole Kaepernick thing because I said it's it's funny how you give Kareem Hunt another chance when he kicks somebody, um, when he kicks a female, basically, uh, you know, tries to kick her and assault her. He gets another shot on another team. But Kaepernick doesn't get Maybe. another shot. He's still suspended. Well, he's by still way. suspended. But Brent, it's kind of, I guess, the same way why Ray Rice never got another shot, but Kareem Hunt did. Because you have to ask yourself, does the talent outweigh um, the distractions and the off-the-field issues? Now, with Kaepernick, see, here's the problem. Yes, see, people will say it's an off-the-field issue, right? People will say what he did is a distraction. I'm from the, and I'm careful how I word this, I'm from the philosophy that what he did had to be done and it was a positive distraction because now things have come from it, right? Um, some well, people, they're going to come from it tonight Yeah. in a way, and I know, yeah. I know there's, this is a different kind of subject, Yeah. but tonight with the Rock Nation development in relationship with the NFL, whether you agree or don't agree, yeah. three years later, something is coming about tonight mm. because of the Kaepernick stuff. And I, I have not been a staunch defender of Kaepernick. I really haven't. Mm. Uh, but I'm just talking from a logic point of view. Carry on. No, absolutely. Um, is Kaepernick better than some of the backup quarterbacks out there right now that I've seen? Absolutely. Because you have to look at what his skill set brings to the table. It's funny. It's almost like you're starting to see a resurgence now of guys that can run with their feet a little bit and then throw the football. That's how Kaepernick made his money. All right, now, granted, I mean, when when San Fran ran that read option a little bit, the quarterback option with him, I mean, you know, that was kind of ahead of its time, and defenses started to adjust to that. But who's to say with Kaepernick's wheels, you know, he has a decent arm that he couldn't play in the NFL game. So what bugs me is that no one's giving him the shot. Okay, it, it, it would be one thing if it was like, you know what, maybe we have our backups in place and they're not as good as Kaepernick, whatever. But no one's even bringing him in for a workout to see what he's capable of. You know, like he, he the, the guy's on Twitter showing he's still working out. He seems to be in great shape. No one's given him the opportunity. But at the same time, we're giving guys opportunities who beat up women, um, you know, who do all these horrible things because their talent outweighs that. And my issue with the whole Kaepernick thing is the fact that, yes, you have to ask yourself, does the talent outweigh the distraction? But to me, the distraction was never a negative thing. To me, um, you know, as a black man in America, it was a positive thing. Just my opinion, though. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, man, I'm going to tell you, I mean, we've talked Kaepernick a bunch oh, yeah. on the show. Yeah. But this really had little to do with Kaepernick, my tweet, as yeah. much as it has to do with Antonio Brown. And mm-hmm. how how much can you put up with as an organization? How much should you be able to put up with? When does the guy pay the price for being an idiot? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, again, I mean, listen, this is at all levels. It's at the youth level, collegiate level. It's at the professional level. And if you're going to allow this to happen, if you're going to, the Steelers put up with it for as long as they could. And they said, we can't do it anymore. See you later. Mm -hmm. And Oakland said, here's $30 million. Even though, you know, listen, they knew what they had information on Antonio Brown. They took a chance. And I'm going to sit here and tell you that I was the guy. I I too said, hey, it might be worth taking the chance. Go get me a playmaker in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I did say that. But I also am not privy to all the information these guys have. They have more background information. But and here's the deal, man. Here's what got me thinking of it. So say the Raiders cut ties at some point this year with Antonio Brown Mm -hmm. and say they win back the money and they don't even really eat money and, and, and any of it. Somebody else is going to go pick up Antonio Brown. Of course. Absolutely. Even with all these antics, even though it's played out on hard knocks. 
I mean, what are we doing? Well, it didn't to... really play on hard knocks because they kind of sent, they, they well, kind of added that whole thing. But yeah. that's, an, that's another topic but, for another but day. But the bottom line is, it's it's we've all been now like this has been a soap opera for a month, month yeah. and a half, two months, three months, whatever it is. Yeah. And NFL, but somebody else will give him a shot. When do you I send don't... a guy like that and say, hey, you know what? You ain't playing in this league, man. Like, if you want collusion. That's what I'd say. Collude against Antonio Brown and as say, long as we you're don't catching want to deal 10 with touchdowns this. a season, Brent, you're catching over a thousand yards, whatever it is, there's always going to be a spot for you. And, and honestly, this Antonio Brown, and I'm, I'm going to go uh, after this segment here. It's something that Mark Cuban said. I thought Mark Cuban, actually, of, of all people, brought up a great point of the state of the NFL and why with Antonio Brown and other players right now, you might see a paradigm shift coming up in the next couple seasons or so. Interesting. Yeah. To so get back to NBA versus NFL and you players pulling it. a lot of the the punches you better believe it antonio brown almost sounds like he might have almost pulled some punches <laughs> all right let's talk a little bit more about it. it's a hot topic but then we really want to get into the jags you've got some stuff on jags versus chiefs what they can learn from last year's game that's obviously our big topic here locally and uh fantasy football if you want to jump in on fantasy football we're going to do a draft at four o'clock i have no idea how this is going to work <laughs> It's going to be a stressful situation. But either way, if you want some fantasy football advice, I'm try pull, it. Try I'm going to pull Antonio size. Brown in here, man. I'm, I'm already too stressed to run the I'm show and do a fantasy football pick. draft. <laughs> <laughs> it's next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We are a few days away from a football game in Jacksonville, and we have a football game tonight in the NFL. That is fun stuff. We have a fantasy football draft coming up at 4 o'clock. I don't know if that will be fun or not. Uh, Still trying to figure that part out. What's not fun, or maybe it is, this Antonio Brown conversation, and Antonio Brown continues to be a distraction uh, in Oakland, and once again, if you're just catching in uh, on the Antonio Brown talk, apparently had a run-in with GM Mike Mayock, had to be separated, according to some reports, held back uh, earlier this week because of the fine situation that he was fined for the the missing practices and um, training camp. Well, that has now led to a reports that Antonio Brown could potentially be suspended. He's not at the facility today in Oakland, not at practice today. Mike Mayock actually came out, and this is what's funny. You know, Mike Mayock could have said a statement. He actually had microphones gather and everything, comes out, walks in front of the microphone, literally talks for 15 seconds, and then goes back. I mean, couldn't you have given us a statement on that, Mike? Yeah. Did you really have to gather the media for that? <laughs> but uh, didn't take any questions or anything, but there was some speculation. Uh, some reporting. Uh, I think Adam Schefter said that this could lead to a suspension, and who knows where it goes from there. So it's a big stop- topic in the sports world today is Antonio Brown, and it continues to be uh, a, a big story. You know, we mentioned a little bit earlier about the Kaepernick deal, about why you know he hasn't got a shot in the last three years. Some people said, hey, has he had a chance and he turned that down? Well, we don't know the inner workings of that. We also don't really know the inner workings of this Mayock versus Antonio Brown situation. I mean, does Antonio Brown have a point in some of this? Maybe. Who knows? So we just got to go with what we have. And uh, I think Kuz just brought up a good point, too, when you think about the Kaepernick situation. Uh, even though I was trying to make this less about Kaepernick and more about Antonio Brown getting chance after chance after chance, millions and millions and millions, because he's productive on the football field, yet he's a pain in the butt. And you don't really want him around your football team. And mm-hmm. that's really what's interesting to me is that part of it. Much like I think if you had the Kaepernick situation, he might help you out as a backup on your football team. If you look at from a backup-only standpoint, he would be the one of the better backups in the NFL. I think people would admit that. But you might not want to deal with everything that comes with it. 
the entire week. Not necessarily him. Yeah. I'm saying everything else that comes with Kaepernick being on your roster. So to me, that's where the similarity is. And I think Kuz brought up a good point in our break as we were discussing this a little bit more. The big difference is people are not not watching the Oakland Raiders or the NFL or Monday Night Football on Monday because of Antonio Brown. In fact, Maybe this is shame on all of us, but we are probably more intrigued because of the Antonio Brown stuff. What happened, or at least what presumably happened uh, with a bunch of factors, but this one being top of line, is that people stopped watching. Some protested the NFL and the product uh, with the Colin Kaepernick situation. So I thought that was a good point, a fair point from Coos. But to be fair, too, the owners are afraid of losing money as well. I mean, I think if if an owner, and I'm not trying to speak for all owners, because there are some different owners out there, but I'm talking about the majority of the NFL owners, if they were to bring Colin Kaepernick in and bring him on their team, there would be at least nervousness for the fact that you're probably going to lose some money, yeah. and you know your name's going to be kind of drugged through the mud a little bit. Yeah, well, and that's what Coos was saying. Yeah. Like, and that's what I guess we're but saying, I'm saying owner, I mean, like, uh, I get, like, the fans' perspective, but it should be about winning ball games, correct? True. Well, well e- even the owners are worried about, like, them losing money. Good point. Because yeah. it comes down to money, first but of I guess, all, which is so funny to me. That's what comes back to me. Why are, not, why are owners not worried about this having a guy with this type of behavior on their football team? But to Kuz's point, you're not going to lose money. In fact, you might gain it. You have more interest. You know, there's, there's that old, hey, any pub is good pub. Mm-hmm. Right. Eddie Press yeah. is good press. Mm-hmm. And Antonio Brown brings that, you know, right or wrong. And I don't think you can lose sight of that. And even me, now that we're talking through this thing, I was like, well, that's a good point. I mean, there's a big difference. You're, you're not going to lose at the ticket office by having Antonio Brown on your football team, even if he pulls all these crazy things. You're not. Yeah, but Brent, to be fair, though, if they're not winning ball games, no one's going to care about Antonio Brown, the spectacle. Like, the people aren't going to go to you know Raiders games if they're you know 0 and 6 0 and 7 if they're losing football games no one's going to care about that no no one's just going to go watch oh let's see what Antonio Brown does today no people want to go see a winner that's what it comes down to they do but listen today we're going to do our fantasy football draft and right now mm-hmm. let's forget about before they play a game sure you know what everybody wants to know what's that is Antonio Brown going to play on Sunday or not is he going yeah. to be with the Raiders is he going to play because if he is I want to take him in my first or second round mm-hmm. of my draft what they're not saying is, hey, is Colin Kaepernick going to back up a quarterback, back up somebody else? Because I really want to take him in my first and second round of my fantasy football draft. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They're not. Mm-hmm. So to that point, I mean, that's a fair point. It, it's just uh, and while it might again, uh, what, what I brought this up was about the chances and how much entitlement are we going to give these guys and these players and how they act um, sometimes. And, and Antonio is, is just the biggest Antonio's the biggest uh, culprit of this right now. Can you name another guy that has gotten this kind of attention in a negative way in a team sport in recent memory? Nothing's bringing in. Is he on an island by from in this perspective? Like, listen, Le'Veon Bell chose to sit out. But he didn't every two weeks make this escapade of, of whatever and, and grab the headlines. And, and all, you know, it was, okay, he sat out, and he's not coming back. And that was a story, Yeah. but it wasn't like a soap opera. Well, I'm trying to think of somebody is, in baseball that's done this. I can't think of it. I can't think of the NBA. Of, well, yeah, but this is my point of the whole paradigm shift that's taken place here, Brent. Uh, and I credit Mark Cuban here, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, for bringing this to my attention, I read what he said, and I spent the night kind of just dwindling on a little bit, kind of thinking about it, what his words said. And then uh, at the, the next morning, I woke up, I'm like, you know what? Mark Cuban makes some pretty damn good points. And here's what Mark Cuban said. 
He said the reason why the NBA is rising so much right now, because it probably is the fastest growing it sport, not only in the U.S., but also in the world, is because the NBA realizes that the, the that it, it's a player-driven league, all right? Um, the players make it go. The NFL is not like that. The NFL is not a player-driven league. And now you're having these new generations of guys come in the league, Brent, with, you know, they call them the Generation Y. They always ask questions like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we doing that? They question everything. Why well, are you now, only paying me this much? Well, well now they're starting to question because they're starting to realize, Brent, that it's not a player-driven league. Do you want to know how I know that? The, first, the, the very first day that I got to the NFL and we sat in the very first meeting, do you know what they said to us? They said it wasn't about the players. It was about protecting the shield. The shield. It's always about the shield. Yeah. The shield isn't the players. The, the shield is, a, is an umbrella of everybody. Yeah. It's the owners. It's the GMs. It's the coaches. And it's the players. It's not just the players. So you have a, you have a sport like the NBA. You know, you have a franchise like the NBA right now that they market their players. They promote their players. They showcase their players. But you have a sport like the NFL. Or you have a league like the NFL that... It's like a giant machine where, yeah, the players want to be seen, but you have the GMs. You have the owners. Everybody wants a piece of that limelight. And in doing that, you're kind of starting to create this rift between the players and the upper management. And I think it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I think we're on that track. Again, we've hit on this many a times. I don't know if I love it in the NBA, quite frankly. And maybe I'm more of a systemic guy. Maybe it's shame on me. You know, well, but, but let's be honest though, Brent. The, the players are happy in the NBA. I mean, I, I don't hear a lot of outcry of players being upset. Now, like, th- there's there's a couple outliers. Nah, I mean, the money's unbelievable. Yeah, the money's unbelievable. Um, I think the owners are pretty happy. You know? I think so. And I think the fans are happy. And, and, and let's be honest. I mean, if we are being honest, and I really don't want to go down the political road, yeah. but the NBA has always been more of a liberal organization, I think, at least viewed that way. Yeah. And while I don't know why third how all 32 owners vote from a Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative nature, mm-hmm. I think it's always been at least perceived that it's more on the conservative side of things as the NFL. I think that's fair to say. Uh, but and so maybe the, even the the thinking lines up together is my point mm-hmm. in the NBA a little bit to make owners and, and player relationships uh, a little bit better. Maybe, uh, you know, the Clippers guy, they got out of there, mm-hmm. you know, for saying bombastic things and re- ridiculous things oh yeah yeah yeah. and and ended up making change Mm -hmm. uh because you shouldn't get away with that any anywhere of course course. um so i don't know if there are parallels like that i do think what cuban says is in the trend Mm -hmm. of where we're going in the nfl might be an indicator of that let me get back to what i said i might be guilty of this this systemic approach from the nfl i just feel like it's more relatable i guess in the regular work world because in in our world at least in the world i've worked in for 20 years you've had a corporate structure you know mm-hmm. and the nfl feels more like a corporate structure you you do kind of play for the shield you, you know that's yeah. that's kind of the the lead and in uh, in our world well whatever your company is you know sometimes big business company that you work for but you're doing things for that company, right? That mm-hmm. logo, that that you represent that organization. And so I think a lot more people can relate to that way of um, structure, I think, right or wrong. What yeah. has changed and what is so different, and I think, is the dollars. The amount of money that players are now making allows them to maybe take a bigger stand earlier on in their career with their viewpoints because like we said in the past antonio brown can really do whatever the heck he wants you know why it's not because he's coming off a three-year career in the nfl he's now made a lot of money in the nfl Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. he can fall back on a lot of dollars in his bank account. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell had made a good amount of money. He can now sit out. If you're if if it's you going into your fourth year when you were playing, and you have by this time made, I don't know, eight hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is, mm-hmm. well, you're going to be less likely to turn against anybody else and go out on your own with less money in your bank account to fall back on in case it doesn't work out. True. You're I not, mean, you're not yeah, going to I'm take gonna, that chance. Most players are not. No. If you look at the players that are loud and taking the chance, they've got a pretty hefty wallet is my point. True. And so you're I'll give you and, that. and part of that is the salaries are bigger. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so guys can have more of a voice. They feel more comfortable having a voice. I think they do see what the NBA is doing a little bit. I also believe this is an NFL that has worked for a long time and it's got it rose to heights unseen. Nobody ever would have predicted mm-hmm. it rose to the pinnacle of our American sports. And it still is that. And it got a lot of help, by the way. The NFL is not just a genius in that regard. Yes, the players put a lot on the line for that. Fantasy football helped that. Gambling helped that. There's a TV rights helped that. There's a lot of things that helped that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's dangerous to upset that. See, the difference is the NBA went on star power for a long time. And they had Jordan, Bird, and Magic. It's always been, and it's always, well, then they had a terrible image problem in the late 90s and early 2000s. And they really didn't have a ton of stars. Who did they have? They had Kobe. Yeah. Right. They had Shaq, Shaq, I think. But they didn't have this litany of Tim stars. <laughs> they went through Boring, yeah. and they had a bad image problem. Yeah. Right. And even Kobe and Shaq at times were fighting and Kobe went through his thing. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, what they've done now on the other side of this is they've created a mess of stars. I mean, a litany of them. We got stars all over the place. I mean, there's 12 teams that have two stars each yeah. in the NBA. And the NBA is blossoming. They're taking advantage of a global market mm-hmm. where a few sports can. Baseball can, and it looks like, well, hockey can to a degree. But from a big sports standpoint, baseball does it a little bit, and the NBA does a really good job. And they have no competition from the NFL on a global market, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. And so the NBA now is thriving because of that and because of all the star power they have. The danger in relying just on stars is what happens if Peyton Manning and Tom Brady retire five years ago and they're not playing. And there's no great crop of quarterbacks coming up. There's no Mahomes. There was no Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton. Now, fortunately, there are. But I'm just saying, what if there was just a bunch of Derek Carrs, Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton's instead? Well, then you'd be in trouble. You're still going to have those outliers, though, Brent. It's like I guess my point is this. Like, if you look at the landscape of the NFL, even for the the past, you know, two decades, I mean, when you had guys like Terrell Owens or Chad Johnson, here's a perfect example. Chad Johnson used his fame, used, and he didn't really have social media, but he he just used his presence, his his ability to talk to people, and he parlayed that into other ventures, right? Like, I'm sure Chad Johnson right now is doing very well for himself, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco. Yeah. What is his name? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) But if I go on the street right now and ask the casual football fan who Andre Johnson is, Andre Johnson is one of the best running, uh, one of the best wide receivers I ever played against. But he was a quiet dude. He kind of kept to himself a little bit, played for the Houston Texans, obviously. But um, if I go on the street and ask, what do you think Andre Johnson's up to? I don't think anyone's going to be able to tell me. And my, my point is that... What NBA players have the ability to do, because all the cameras are on them, right? Like, regardless if they're on the court or off the court, people can recognize them. When you play in the NFL, you hide behind a helmet, you hide behind pads, and when you're off the field, 
while I think it's getting better, sometimes you don't get that, you know, you don't get the, oh my gosh, it's him kind of thing. You don't get that glow. Unless you spread it. Yeah. You know? Like, why do you think Odell Beckham Jr. dyed the top of his hair blonde? Because maybe people can recognize that better. Yeah. Why do you think Antonio Brown's mustache was blue for a little bit? Because maybe people can recognize that better. It, it, it's all about branding. Now, I'm not I'm not agreeing with Antonio Brown here. I'm not saying what he's doing yeah, yeah, is yeah. right. I hear what he's saying. But I see where he's kind of coming from, I think. But it's not. I, I don't think it's good, though. If I was the GM, I can't have you on my team. I right? understand what you're saying, though. It is an interesting parallel. You know, you know, a lot of people believe, or some people that I've discussed this with, believe that even Richard Sherman, who's a smart guy, was very calculated in the You Mad Bro. Oh, of course. Very calculated. Yeah. And where did his stardom go right after that? Skyrocketed. You know? Yeah. It's a great example of what you're talking about. Yep. The one big difference, man, and I don't know if we can get here, and this is why. You can have two stars on an NBA team and you can be successful. If you have just two stars on an NFL team, mm-hmm. remember, it's the ultimate team game, everybody tells me. It takes a heck of a lot more than two people. You're right. Even if you're a great quarterback. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know? You're right. So it's a big difference in the dynamic of how the sport works in that regard. Interesting. Hey, let's yeah. talk about a football game coming up on Sunday. How about yeah, let's it? Do Jags it. and Chiefs. You can jump in, too. Fantasy football questions. Star, star, 690. Yeah, you, you definitely have notes. Uh, you, you get to watch that game a couple times, uh, seeing how they went about it and what they had success with and what, what we had success with. And so uh, I think the, the biggest thing is knowing that they're going to have adjustments and you're going to have to make adjustments on the fly and uh, have adjustments that are kind of going in with the game plan. And Jacksonville has a great defense. They have guys in every single position that can make plays. And so just kind of plan that chess match uh, during the game and, and taking what's there and taking those shots when they're there is something that we're going to have to work, uh, kind of work on throughout the week and go out and capitalize on the game. Well, that's Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. What a what a talent. Uh, what a fun guy to watch play. I mean, you can't deny that. Listen, you can hate some teams that come in here. Kansas City's not a team I think that you dislike. I actually was talking to our producer uh, for our Countdown to Kickoff show, which you can see at 1130 on CBS 47, live from the bank on Sunday. We're talking a little bit about that. It's like... Like Kansas City is not this like evil team, you know, like the Raiders always have that to them anyway. And then the Titans, of course, and the Texans and and the Colts even don't have like this bad guy feel Mm -hmm. because Andrew Luck was a nice guy. Peyton Manning was hard guy to like not like, even though he might beat the heck out of you. Although some people would say uh, I'm wrong on that. I get it. (laughs) But you get my point, right? Andy Reid's a nice guy it seems like he's a yeah. good guy patrick mahomes a young kid spectacular talent seems to say and do all the right things and he's he's video game-esque he's great for uh the young generation the the older generation i think everybody he falls right in between of everything yeah but yeah they do have the the, the kareem hunt and tyree kill situations which i think are more isolated than kind of representative of the kansas city chiefs sure but uh, did, you played for the chiefs did you find like when you went i mean outside of the afc west yeah. When you played against the Broncos and the Chargers and the Raiders, I, I bet you didn't find a lot of like dislike for the organization because even the the stadium and the fans are well appreciated around the league. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the Chiefs overall are kind of an underrated organization. Uh, I mean, not not from a football standpoint, but just from like a like a culture standpoint slash like fan experience. You know, standpoint. they have a great history too. Yeah, they and do. People don't bring it up, but they, they have well, a fantastic history. They have a great history. They have great ownership. Um, 
you know, I, I think once you become a chief, you know, you you take great pride in, in becoming a chief. It's like when I played for Chicago too. I mean, I, I took great pride because you know, I mean, you think of some of the great defenses in Chicago history. I mean, yeah. I was honored to even be a part of that team for the little bit that I was there. And kind of the same thing with the with the Chiefs. You know, I mean, the ownership comes in and they kind of explain the history of the team. Um, and it's something that you have pride in. And obviously the fans, I mean, it's like I've said, Brent, Kansas City is probably the loudest place I've ever played in. And you can maybe say that's by design of the stadium where it's kind of built on top of each other where instead of like going out wide, the stadium kind of goes up. It's more vertical and horizontal. But but those fans are super passionate, you know. And I think Patrick Mahomes now is coming to the league. And I honestly think with what Steph Curry's on the NBA, we're kind of changed the game a little bit. I think Patrick Mahomes, and this is all due respect to Russell Wilson, because I think Russell Wilson has something to do with it as well. But like I talked about, Brent, I talked about with Alex Magoo a little bit. You bring in these baseball players that, that can make these crazy throws from different arm angles. I think it's going to change the game. And I think Patrick Mahomes is spearheading that you know that that movement coming up now. Yeah, we don't give you enough credit for some of those thoughts. I mean, that's a, that's a good. Th- thought and, mm. and it's not some now listen baseball guys have been around they john have. elway i think was a baseball guy too wasn't he yeah i, yeah. I mean i think overall now we might not talk high level I, I think we can name a lot of players that's my point yeah that were probably baseball guys but i think from the angle you're coming in i think that's a little bit more accurate you know mm-hmm. and i also believe it's like almost like this this video day video game age of creativity yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this understanding is running around. Like for us, it used to be in the backyard and two-hand touch. Of course. Well, for a lot of these guys, and not that I'd say I didn't play video games, but I think it's so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And for a guy like Mahomes, who's what, 25 years old, 26 years old? Yeah. He grew up playing Madden. True. His entire life. Mm-hmm. He knew what a robber defense was. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he knew these things. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he kind of almost creatively in his mind could subconsciously see himself doing this as his talent got as good as maybe playing a video game got good. True. You know what I mean? It's no, kind of no, a weird thing, but, no, but I, nobody else grew up with that. Well, I agree with you, but at the same, I mean, yeah, and he does remind you of watching a video game, you know, like you're playing mad and you, all right, circle button, juke, all right, then throw. It reminds me of that, but I knew this guy was going to be special because if you watch him in the pocket, Brent, and this is, I mean, last year he was a second year guy and, I call him a first-year guy last year because he didn't play so much his rookie year. He had Alex Smith, you know, taking all the reps. Absolutely. He, I think he had him like maybe like two uh, or right three games. And then a season, yeah. But then you see a guy come into quote unquote his rookie year this past season and just have this confidence and poise in the pocket that you're not accustomed to seeing a first or second year guy having. You know, and I think that comes from his confidence. But it's funny, and I'm kind of dwelling on this, like. I get what you're saying about the video game thing. And when you talk to a lot of quarterbacks, they always say, well, you know, growing up as a kid, this guy's my inspiration. This guy's my inspiration. And listen, I don't know who Patrick Mahomes' inspiration was when he was a kid watching, but to me, like, he's like his own guy. You know, like, he has, like, the improv, he, he can, he can go on the fly like Brett Favre used to. But he doesn't turn the ball over like Brett Favre did, you know. Like yeah. it's 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 Patrick Mahomes, and I think in the next couple of years or so, we'll be talking about Patrick Mahomes being just that one of a kind kind of quarterback. Well, no, let's let's not lose sight of this now. It's situational too, and True. he's in a fantastic situation. Yeah, I mean Andy Reid's one of the best. Yep. and look at all the talent around him, and they've done a good job of putting talent around him. Yeah. So uh, he's. I, I always would say, mm-hmm. you know, because there's obviously a lot of talk. Should the Jags have done this and go gone and got Mahomes mm-hmm. and 
you know, now that you sit in your, oh, well, maybe they should. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But, but let's be honest, but out of college, would no he one's be really like talking this? about you know, him. Would he be like this? Is always a question I ask, and I've always said this, and I've said mm-hmm. it countless times on this show. And if you've heard me over the years, I've said it countless times about a guy like Russell Wilson. Yes, I think Russell Wilson could have been a good quarterback in Jacksonville. I do not think he would have been what he's been in Seattle. Yeah. Because they had a defense in place, they had the right situation for him. They actually grew that thing around him and and gave him enough time in the early years to get to the point where he could be elite and handle a lot of it himself. Once the defense started to go away and players got off that roster, and here we are, all these years later so always keep in mind it's situational Mm -hmm. but this kid does look like a sensational talent and my point is he's really hard not to like i I really think it's hard not to like a guy like mahomes and kind of what's he going to do next it's kind of a fun thing that's why i might pick him number one in my fantasy draft coming up at four (laughs) o'clock hey let's go ahead south beach gary real quick he's got some thoughts on the jags and dolphins what's up man let's make the song of the day like the rolling stone by bob dylan all right you're talking about likable brent is there any more likable guy than Fitzmagic? you got to root for a guy like that. Yeah, he's a fun guy. I mean, the beard gives him a little bit of persona. I think the Harvard uh, smarts give him a little something that's unique in the NFL. You're not used to that, right? You don't label a Harvard guy being an NFL quarterback. His staying power has been good, and at times, you know, he can sling it at times. He's been good, and, but not good enough, not consistent enough. So I, I get it. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's a likable guy. The problem with the difference is he's likable and, and just okay, and okay might be a compliment. You know, Mahomes is likable and might be a freaking stud. Mm-hmm. Right. Even Jameis Winston, though, speaks well of him, Austin. you got to admit, I mean, so he, he he's a team guy. He He's very uh, very unselfish as far as, you know, imparting what he knows about the game, what he can help the younger players. And not all quarterbacks have done that over the years. No, I agree with that, but that's kind of a testament of how long he's been able to stay in the league. You know, I mean, he, he's been a backup for a while. He's gone through a lot of offensive coordinators. He's been a part of a lot of locker rooms. So I think, I mean, uh, on top of his arm talent, what, you know, quote-unquote, Fitz Magic brings to the table is also just the ability to adapt to a locker room as well. All right, uh, South Beach guy, we're going to get you in and out. What do you got? Dolphins by 10, Chiefs by 13 on Sunday. Okay. All right. Uh, fair enough. We'll talk a little bit about it. Give us uh, give the picks a little bit later Dolphins on tomorrow. Beating the Ravens. But Dolphins beating the Ravens. That would be an upset that I think might help the Jacksonville Jaguars down the road. Yeah. Talking about wild card and everything else around it. Hey, let's break down the game. How much will last year? We just heard Dolphins Mahomes. Break down the Ravens Dolphins no. game? Or? Okay, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I know you're going to do something about a bad offensive line against a good defensive front. That's I know where you're going to go with. Uh, yeah, hey, pretty much. <laughs> How are they doing at left tackle? Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, the... Mahomes, you just heard him talk yeah. about playing the Jags a second time. So he can learn stuff from playing the Jags. I think the Jags will have new wrinkles. Mahomes has also said that he will have new wrinkles. This offense will have new wrinkles with Shady McCoy sure. and just the growth of the offense and, and his growth as an NFL player. Yeah. How much will these teams, and maybe more specifically the Jags, mm-hmm. use what they saw on film last year in this game coming up on Sunday, and I do want to remind folks, Mahomes, although they went for 400 yards and 30 points, yeah. a touchdown was on defense. Chris uh, Jones intercepted Blake on a terrible play, yeah. and then uh, Mahomes did not throw a touchdown pass in the game and was picked twice. So that is notable in a year where he threw 50 touchdown passes. Very notable, and it's funny, Brem, because as I've been trying to break down this Chiefs offense from last year, and I look game by game, kind of look at the box scores and the stats, it is hard to find a game where the Chiefs offense didn't absolutely dominate. You know, I mean, I kind of talked about the Patriots a couple of days ago in the AFC Championship game, but 
I mean, even against a pretty solid Patriots defense with Bill Belichick at the helm, the Chiefs still dropped a lot of points and lost to him in overtime. You know, so it, it's hard for me to sit here and say, well, this is what you got to do to stop the Chiefs. This is what you have to do. Well, if you want to go to see at least some tips of how to stop the Chiefs, you have to look back last season, Brent, with the Jaguars, because like you said, uh, Patrick Mahomes had the lowest quarterback rating out of the whole season in that game, and he didn't, have, he didn't throw a single touchdown. So what, you know, I mean, in that game, what were some things that I saw really that Patrick Mahomes, you know, maybe we can expose him a little bit. And it's kind of like I've talked about the whole week now and even last week Friday where Andy Reid is the master of giving, giving you know, his playmakers the, the, the football. And if I'm Andy Reid and I'm scouting the Jacksonville Jaguars now, Brent, and I'm going off last season, do you know where the Jacksonville Jaguars look exposed according to last season? It was a slot, mm-hmm. right? So... I get it. Like, do you put Tyreek Hill in the slot? You don't need to because you have guys like Miko Hardman. You got guys like Demarcus Robinson, a Florida guy, by the way, where when these guys get in space, they're going to hurt you. So if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, the biggest thing you have to do is confuse Mahomes up front. And that's what you saw a little bit last year. When Mahomes threw both of his interceptions, the first one came um, when basically they they ran a – so there was no running backs in the backfield. It was spread uh, out of shotgun. And Mahomes looked a little confused of where to throw the ball to. Try to go to Tyreek Hill and once again in double coverage, which I've said, I think you have to double team Tyreek Hill. Tried to force the ball, interception, and the Jags get the ball back. But what hurt the Jaguars in that game, and yes, Blake Bortles obviously was a, was a big crucial part to that, threw four interceptions and threw the ball 61 times. All right, that's <laughs> not a recipe. That, that, that's not good. And on the other side, TJ Yeldon had 10 carries, 53 yards. My my point is why, and I get it. You know, T.J. Yeldon, he's not that bruising back, and Fournette was out that game. But I think if you want to beat the Chiefs, and I, I, I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face, Brent, but you have to be able to run the ball. I think if the Jaguars well, are suspect at linebacker too, exactly. Exactly, but from from a defensive perspective here, to stop Mahomes, you obviously have to confuse him, and that's what the the exotic looks and everything that are coming in. I mentioned, uh, I think it was last Thursday. In a fourth quarter play against the Falcons, Taven Bryan dropped back into coverage and is playing the hook man. So basically what that means was the Jaguars rush three, Taven Bryan drops back. Now, yeah, that's just a, it's just a random play in a fourth preseason game. But to me, that tells me that you're going to see that play against the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Because you have to take away the middle of the field. You have to take away the crossing route to Tyreek Hill. They still have capable running backs in Damian Williams, and now they got LaShawn McCoy. But going back Before to Before people drive off the road, they'll probably do that play with Josh Allen, not Taven Bryant. Probably. Yeah, well, well it, it'll be with somebody. It, 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 could be, it could be Darius. Just one of the rest of you. It could be Calais. Yeah, it could be Calais Campbell. But I get where you're going with this for sure. But here's where the Jaguars really got hurt. And if you go back to the first drive for the Kansas City Chiefs in the first quarter, the Jaguars are doing very well against them. Actually stopped them. And then on a third and five, um, the, basically what happened was Anthony Sherman, who's a guy I played with uh, for the Chiefs, he's a fullback, very unassuming guy. All due respect to Anthony Sherman, not the most athletic guy. He's, he's a fullback for a reason, right? Big tough but guy. But runs a 15-yard out, and I believe Talvin Smith was on him. Sherman was wide open, makes the catch first down Chiefs, and they got momentum from there. So if I had him J- off the field. 
could have had him off the field. So that's what Andy Reid is so good at doing. You know, like, yeah, we have to focus on Tyreek Hill. We got to focus on the, the big guy, Sammy Watkins. We got to focus on those dudes. Travis Kelsey, obviously, he's a game wrecker. But you have to focus on the unassuming guys as well. Now, I'm not saying linebackers, you better key on Anthony Sherman again this year because they might throw some gadgets to him. No, I'm saying you got to key on McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. Those are the guys uh, that can beat you. And if you're a linebacker, especially, you know, we have some young linebackers. We have Miles Jack in the middle that can hold it down, but Quincy Williams, and then we'll see the other side who's going to be playing. I mean, I think it's – do we know who's playing the other side? Of the, the, it's Quincy Williams. Yeah, Maroon talked today, and to be honest with you, I haven't seen it yet, yeah. uh, which I should have, But I, and I don't know if he's named it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Quincy Williams is ready to go. Yeah. So it's just a matter if they feel comfortable with him or Najee Good. I think they'll end up going with Quincy Williams, but I'll have to look that up. So they have to mind their P's and Q's because whether it's going to be a, it's going to be a back in the flats or it's going to be a fullback, it's going to be some guy in the slot, whoever it's going to be, the linebackers have to mind their P's and Q's. And then my last point, which I saw you know, in the last game, when they were able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, obviously um, he was able to make mistakes. The second interception that Patrick Mahomes threw was because of Dante Fowler, a guy you probably didn't hear a lot in Jacksonville, fans will tell me. But Dante Fowler had great pressure, pressure Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes made a mistake. Mahomes will make mistakes, but it, it, it's all predicated off the pressure. And I think if you focus on bringing that pressure up the middle, because like I talk about, Brent, every quarterback's got their honey hole, right? Every quarterback's got that own little sweet spot where they can step up and make the pass where they feel more comfortable. And I, I truly think that uh, that Patrick Mahomes' honey holes are to the side. Like, he can, he can step up fine. But I think he feels more confident going off to his side a little bit. So if you can coordinate some rushes, if you can contain, if you can run some games and get pressure on them, you're going to have success because I think you have the secondary. You have the corners to do it. They have so many weapons. It's worth noting. Yeah. Again, all the names that you just mentioned, it's hard to cover them all, even with a good defense. Yeah. And so it comes back to the offense a little bit. And I want to take you back to a last year game in the final couple minutes of this segment before we get rolling with some more fantasy football stuff. <laughs> and this conversation will continue, by the way, even during our fantasy football draft. But what I, I'm not an X's and O's guy, right? Yeah. I, I don't claim to be. But last year, they came out of the gates and they had good field position inside Kansas City territory. I want to say around the 45, 47-yard mm-hmm. line, something like that. They come out with three straight bombs down the field. Now, Blake has to rush to throw a, probably a, a half a second early, and he overthrows them, I think, like three straight times. Like, wow, they're going down the field three straight times. They saw something. Yeah. Well, they saw something, and actually something we talked about yesterday, where even their corners on this year's roster might be susceptible because they're very unproven. But you've got to be able to slow down the rush. And what the Jags did not do, coming out of that game, I remember this being a conversation, mm-hmm. is for some unknown reason they didn't chip the edge okay yeah and so they didn't give but they just tried to go and keep in mind they had already lost cam robinson yeah so josh wells is playing there mm-hmm. and he's playing against uh houston yeah yeah and, justin houston and um uh was who they just trade away who they gave away d ford ford and i'm not sure if tom was playing like probably not i think no, tom was okay so yeah. you got Whoever ford and houston you got some legit guys and so they had they didn't chip with the running back with tight ends yeah. or anything if they could. And that was a big tactical mistake yep. well, on their part for not doing that early on because I think they saw something with the deep ball that could have helped sure. them. But that rushed Blake the entire – I'm convinced that made Blake play a lot faster in his mind than he wanted to on one of the opening series of that football game. Here's the thing, though, Brent. Like I said, T.J. Yeldon had 10 carries for 53 yards. Now, I don't remember well, how – And they gave up on the run. I don't remember how the script went. But you're not going to beat Kansas City in a track meet. 
All right, you're not going to beat Kansas City by throwing the ball 60 times and hoping, praying that you know you can keep up with them. That's just not going to happen. Kansas City has way too many weapons to try to get in a track meet with. The best way to beat Kansas City is to keep Kansas City offense off the field. And if you do that, you do it by running the ball. Uh, they do have a healthy Leonard Fournette this time around. You know what Blake Fortle's record is when he throws it 61 times in a game? Can't imagine. I have no idea either, but Probably it's 0-1 something. <laughs> yeah. Okay? That's I don't think it happened a lot. Win. Didn't happen a lot. I think actually that drew the ire. I mean, that could have been the start of uh, the beginning of the end for even sure. Nathaniel Hackett as yeah. the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. We come back. Our fantasy football draft starts. But we're going to keep talking about Jags and Chiefs and a lot of football next on ESPN 690. No, I still talk to Chris. I mean, Chris is a, was uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, his, his wife and my girlfriend are good friends, and so I'm able to still keep up with him. Uh, I know he's he's going out there working hard and uh, excited for the season as well, so it would be kind of cool to get to play against him in that first That's Patrick Mahomes talking about Chris Conley. A lot of love for Chris Conley. Jacksonville Jaguars uh, wide receiver who comes over from Kansas City, of course, and could – I think have a breakout season in the NFL. He had a nice year last year, five touchdown catches. Uh, everybody was catching touchdowns, but I think uh, more uh, keyed in on this year by the Jacksonville Jaguars offense and Nick Foles, and Foles loves having him. You know, he, he's primarily been a third receiver in the NFL. He might be able to bump his status up a little bit on this roster, depending on how some of the young guys do, like D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, Keelan Cole, where Marquise Lee fits mm-hmm. into the equation. be really interesting to see, but gives you a sense of, of how much they like Chris Conley, and, and we do too. I mean, every interaction we've had with Chris Conley, in fact, so much so that I've got him signed up to do some of our shows uh, with us at, at Top Golf starting on Monday. Okay, uh, He'll be over there on Monday with us for Jags Report Live, Monday night, 7 o'clock. It's on CBS 47, but we invite you all out to come to the show, hopefully after a win over Kansas City, his former team. But Conley's an interesting guy from a lot of different perspectives, and uh, he's been really good in the month of August. You could tell the chemistry is there with Foles. Now, can he put it on uh, and make it happen on Sundays to some big performances? Uh, we'll see what happens. You think he actually has a real chance to exploit Kansas City's defense on Sunday? Absolutely. Yeah, I think if they're going to be vulnerable, it's going to be you know at that second corner spot. That's probably who he's going to command the attention from. And I think it's what we've seen in the in OTAs and in training camp where they like to go run the go route with him. He has the speed. And don't forget, I mean, there's a storyline here, Brent. He's a former Kansas City Chief and. I think every once in a while, I think some coaches try to play that a little bit as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a couple of play actions and uh, that they try to go deep with Chris Conley. Hey, uh, let's uh, welcome in Marcel Robinson for a moment. Uh, shades were on earlier. Uh, put them back on. And first of all, a special, you know, 904 day was yesterday in, mm-hmm. in Duval. Oh, no. Also, Marcel Robinson's birthday. <laughs> oh, was it really? Hey. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> It, uh, yes, the se- the secret is out. You've been stuck with the gremlin all week, huh? I have. I'm so excited <laughs> for them to go back to school tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen my Twitter page or not, but I posted a video of a song I made up about her going back to school, and she was not having it. Oh, she wasn't impressed, huh? Ariana is she actually uh, attacked me. Marcel's daughter, and she's been hanging out. But when we said happy birthday, she just jumped up and down like she was fist pumping. She didn't even know yeah. it was my birthday. She didn't. She didn't know. Someone someone uh, reminded her. Um, and she overheard them say that yesterday was my birthday. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for you because, um, you know me, I'm not a huge birthday guy. Right, right. And so you don't make a big deal out of your birthday. That, 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 that's a few notches in your belt. Just another day of the week. What is this? 
Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I thought this was going to be the song that you... Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear. Yeah, I've heard I know this song before. I have, too. It's just a, it's really... Uh, it's kind of like an Enya version of this. You know, my grandparents used to have an organ. Oh, for real? Yeah. So do we, man. My grandparents had an organ, too. Yeah. And, and so, so I would play the organ sometimes. Did you really? And this is... Is this off an organ? It sort of sounds like it. <laughs> Here's the real question. It's literally the first thing that popped up. <laughs> Did your grandparents have an accordion? No. no. I, you know, I want to say, though, in my house, we might have had an accordion at one time. See, my okay. mom's a musician. Yeah, of course. That's so what I was getting at. We had some goofy stuff, like uh, like a, a cello. Okay. Uh, you know, my dad would put, had that or wanted to try it out or something. Yep. And nice. So we might have had an accordion for a little bit. Like, I never even have held one. Sure. But, you know, what I wanted when I was a kid was the um, harmonica. Oh, yeah. You know, I always yep. thought the oh, harmonica was, was cool. cool. Yeah. I don't know how they do well, that. And it's one of those things. I tried and I couldn't do it. <laughs> but yeah. it's one of those things as a kid where you play it and you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm like the next Bob Dylan. But, <laughs> but there's actually like some skill involved in hitting oh, so, the right yeah. notes. Instead yeah. it just becomes but a I remember, very yeah, annoying I would instrument. I just play it and I'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm basically Bob Dylan now. It's all good. I actually have a friend. She knows how to play a harmonica. When I went to visit her in, in Augusta over the summer, she played, uh, I don't remember what the song was, but she played a full-on song. And uh, I was quite impressed because there was some adult beverage involved, Whoa. and I was still able to recognize the song. That's pretty good. Uh, that's impressive. All right, hey, you are struggling over there with the fantasy football I'm league. So You're the commissioner right now. of the football <laughs> so, league, and we can't even draft. So what happened what was what is going on here? So what happened was, for whatever reason, the order that I invited people to join this league is the order that there will be drafting because I I can't have my own draft that I set up for you know the draft order okay and for whatever reason the app didn't take it and now the only only way to change the draft order is if I cancel out of this whole thing and then postpone the draft for like another two hours which I don't want to do so uh, unfortunately I'm drafting first now <laughs> because because <laughs> uh, I was the first one to join up so is what it is. I couldn't even sign in for some reason. So we're doing I it in the know. next couple of seconds. Yeah. Uh, I have issues with that. That, that just throws off my whole draft I don't strategy. Hey, yeah, I don't I mean, have a draft I have strategy. That. It, it is what it is, man. I don't know what to tell you unless you want me to just uh, delete this whole thing and start over. But I, I kind of do. So okay. uh, well, just so he doesn't get... <laughs> listen, yesterday was his birthday, not today. <laughs> uh, anyway... I don't care. I don't have a draft strategy. I don't even know who I'm picking or would pick in the first round, but we're just going to go with it. And I, I assume there's going to be some help on the app where it will say, here's yes. the next best player. Yes, I'll point you be. in this direction. Thank you very much. Yeah. But if you have some fantasy football questions, today's the day for them. Star Star 690. Who do you want to play? I've had Trubisky versus a bunch of different players. Uh, I thought it was good. Trubisky versus Mahomes. Mm-hmm. We mm. both said Mahomes Especially yesterday. Mahomes all day. But then I got another one yesterday. It was Trubisky versus playing Matt Ryan against Minnesota's defense. That one I said Trubisky. Trubisky playing who? Who's the okay, so who's the other? I'm sorry. I'm, Matt Ryan's playing Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. I get it. You're yeah. all in shambles right no, now. No, it's all good. Yeah, but <sighs> this is why I don't put you in charge of the show. By the way, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm taking Matt Ryan. Are you? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking I Matt Ryan about over it. it. Yeah. But Minnesota's defense, like the Jags' defense, I also think this. The Falcons start slow. Mm-hmm. You can attest to this. They do. Falcons are not a fa- – they have been disappointing in the early games, haven't they? Yeah. If my memory serves me yeah, right. Yeah, it, it usually – there are there are some, you know, outliers where they'll put up, you know, a good 21 like the first quarter or so, but then they won't score to the fourth. Uh, but typically that is kind of the mantra is they'll kind of get down the first quarter and then all of a sudden, you know, the floodgates are open and then the barrage of points come. To but, this one. but I mean more so, more so from a September standpoint. Oh, yes, I feel definitely. like they started slow these last few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, the, the past, ever since that, 
you know, Super Bowl debacle. Um, it's kind of been, you know, the the way that all the seasons have gone for the most part. Just kind of just out of, for whatever reason. Um, I don't know whether it's because there's been obviously coordinator changes, you know, pretty regularly, but for whatever reasons, midway through the season is really when they start peaking. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got a bigger hangover than Coos, which is saying a lot. <laughs> uh, by the way, Schefter tweeting out, John Gruden declined to answer questions on Antonio Brown, said the team will have an announcement later. Interesting. Again, suspended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the thing, though, Brent. If he gets suspended, he loses his $30 million. Not necessarily. No? Well, I mean, he could do a, it could be a game suspension. You know, listen, okay. one thing about Gruden, I think he's very player-friendly, right? Mm-hmm. But this isn't really Gruden. This is more Mayock's thing, he's right? He's got to stick with Mayock yeah. on this. They're a team. I understand yeah. that. I'm just saying I don't think – I don't know if what's going to come down is a six-game suspension okay. or a suspension that, hey, we're taking off. I don't think they're that far down the road. I'd be surprised at this. I know there's some speculation they could take away his millions of dollars True. because of uh, breach of the contract and the language in the contract. I, I get it, much like the Jaguars did with the some of the guarantees of – of uh, Leonard Fournette last year, mm-hmm. so there's there's possibility for that, but I I don't think that's just like, hey, let's take a look at that contract right now. We're going to announce that in an hour. Yeah. I, I don't think it's that kind of thing. I think that one takes a little bit more of a deep dive. So I'd be surprised if anything like that comes out. I think what you're going to see is, is a suspension, and I think you're going to get like a game suspension. I, I don't think this is going to carry over too far. I think they'll then they'll say it, it could be indefinite. Mm-hmm. At least a one-game suspension, and we're going to reevaluate next week. They could do that. I, I, that's that's unusual. But yeah. with Antonio Brown, don't you almost have to do that? Let's see if he shows up. Let's see if he tries to punch me in the face. Let's see if he <laughs> wants to wear a helmet to play football. I, mean, I know. You almost have to do that. We have to ask the question, too, how much of a distraction is to the Oakland Raiders right now? I mean, you're getting ready to play your first game, and you're not sure if Antonio Brown's going to be playing or not. Your most important offensive piece. I mean, yeah. that's for, for distraction. I mean, I get it, Brendan. This isn't like college. I mean, this is a bunch of grown men oh, playing a game of football, but it's still a distraction. I'd rather have missed a practice for a hurricane than have to deal with Antonio Brown stuff. Let's exactly. just say that. There you go. And on top of I will always say this, though, and I, I point this out a bunch. The Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Oakland Raiders, teams like that are full of distractions. That's yeah. just the way they are. It's almost like if they were normal, something's wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. And so... I think they're equipped to handle distractions, even though you do have a newer GM and a coach that's been out of the game for a little bit. I think they're equipped to handle it because they're almost used to it. It's just part of playing for the Oakland Raiders. Going to Napa Valley before the season starts and having some wine as a, a Raider alum, it's part of playing for part of being an Oakland Raider. If you want a distraction, well, it's part of being an Oakland Raider. You're going to get distractions. And uh, what they did is they welcomed on a bunch more of them uh, with Antonio Brown. All right, hey, we're going to try to get this fantasy football thing loaded up. T-minus Are you four ready? minutes. Yeah, Marcel, you're picking last now. Sorry. Uh, that's unacceptable. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do, man. That's, that, that I think false. there's Hey, the great part of that is really a birthday gift. You get to pick twice in a row, don't you? Yeah, I will exactly. say. Yeah, I was going to say. I will say. So you're welcome. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I like that. No, I like no, that no. little swing. That's deal what I'm saying. I don't, I don't like picking first. Yeah, first. I don't pick you gotta wait for 20 minutes. I, I've actually never picked first in a fantasy football draft. Well, it's not going to be today either. I've actually always been last. So. Well, <laughs> I'm glad to carry on that tradition for you. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, something got messed up here on the on the app, but there's nothing I can do. Sorry. All right. We're going to do this, but we are going to talk more sports, people. Uh, we got a little balling and falling. We welcome your conversation as well. What do you think about Sunday with the Jags? What do you think about fantasy football? Do you have any questions? What do you think about tonight's game? Uh, get into it. Got a little college football ahead. Got a little fantasy football ahead. Balling and falling to go. Let's see if we can fire this thing up. It's all on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us on a Thursday afternoon in Jacksonville, Florida.
What kind of commissioner is this? Hey, I'm already auto-drafting. There's the rails have fallen. The, the train is off the track. Just let you know you have 30 seconds left to make your pick in the first round. <laughs> I, mean, I signed into this thing yesterday. This thing. So, first of all, Brett not being able to sign into his account is not a commissioner problem. That's a Brett Martino problem. I'm convinced you have two accounts. You saw me sign in no, yesterday. I, did. I think you have two accounts going on. That's what's going on. Like, that's the issue here. Did you sign it with, like, the ESPN Plus one? Well, it doesn't matter now. You're about to get a player in five seconds. Tell so. me who I take. DeAndre okay. Hopkins, I'll probably. I'll just host a damn show. Yeah, you just host a show, man. <laughs> I uh, need some tequila. Brent, Brent, you got DeAndre Hopkins. Congratulations. Congrats. Golly. Come on. <laughs> Congratulations. That's Jalen Ramsey's kid. <laughs> I got DeAndre Hopkins in my first pick. Yeah. You like that? It's all right. Yeah, I'm not mad at that pick. That's not where I would have gone. Yeah, you saw David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell available. If you want to roll the dice I'm a little bit. I'm not rolling on Le'Veon Bell. Okay. All right. Well, you're going to be rolling on some picks coming up here because... This is ridiculous. I can't believe I can't get in here. I'm going to have to keep working on it. By the way, this is Brent's idea to do this whole thing, and now the guy can't even log into his own fantasy football account. The I did yesterday. I don't know what's I going know, on. Man. I don't know. What to Actually, tell you. somehow I was just logged in. I had like Milwaukee Bucks and stuff as the favorites. So, yeah. I was under your login. So, somehow but you're it's in, in my name. I know. I have no idea what's going what on. What have this you show. done to my computer while I've been away? I'm, I'm, I'm putting champions in your computer, Brent. I'm, I'm putting champions of yeah, yeah, those Milwaukee Brewers, Bucks. What are they, seven back? Uh, we're about four or five back. Don't worry about it. Plenty of baseball left. Doing better than the Mets right now. That's all I know. What? Do, give me a, your tactic. Come on. If anybody, I, I would imagine most people have drafted. Yes. I mean, the game start tonight. Yep. So we're a little late in the game. Yeah. But what's the tactic? We're in a, a half point PPR. Yep. I say that right? Correct. That's the most impressive thing I've done in nine months on the show. Yeah. Uh, and we're in a 10 team league. Mm-hmm. No keeper league. Obviously, it's a new league. What's What's the play? You got to go get running backs and receivers? Running backs and receivers. I always line it up and. Listen, I'm no fantasy football expert by any means, but I have one we of the past two years in. Okay, I, well, I have down. one of the past two years in a, in a 12 team league, so I kind of know my thing a little bit. But the, the biggest advice I have for anybody is that when you're picking your team, look at who's capable of scoring the most points of that team. So, for instance. I think the Rams are going to score a lot of points this year. I think the Saints are going to score a lot of points this year. I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. So once you start establishing what teams are going to score the most points, then you start picking the players from there. All right. Uh, what's the last picks? Last picks Kicker, your, defense. Kicker, defense. Why do I always defense. feel like why, when I used to play a lot yeah. more, and I, again, I haven't played fantasy football in a long time. Mm-hmm. Backstory here is I used to, when I was in Albany, I played, those guys wanted to play every fantasy. We played fantasy NASCAR, fantasy golf, fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball, fantasy football. I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and uh, and I couldn't keep up with half of it. Sure. But when I played, though, I remember the defense always coming up big for me. Like the def- mm-hmm. If you had a good defense, you could rack up the points. Like You'd look at some of the defenses in the NFL. Chicago, the Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings maybe, Seattle yeah. now. So I mean, they were racking up points. Did they change kind of the, the mode of operation over the years? Here's how I've made my money in fantasy football. It's There's two schools of thought, Brent. Either you, you ride and die with one defense, like you know, like the Jaguars, the Bears, or you stream defenses. I'm a streamer. Okay. So you what pick I do one up is every week. I pick one up every single week. I I, I kind of dictate it off matchups and the quarterback that they're playing against, and that's why I pick my defense from there. All right. Uh, Marcel Robinson, are you on the clock? You're last. 
What's been done in our fantasy league? I want to keep updated. I can't even see this now. You're asking a lot. I am an auto drafter. I've got Bell and Connor. Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) You already got two guys? Yeah, I picked twice. It's going fast, bro. This yeah. thing's flying. Yeah, by. Thing's Do flying I have by. another player yet? Can you tell me? Uh, you're, you're about to pretty soon, yeah. This is embarrassing. Uh, sorry, man. I don't tell I you. hope I get Fournette. Fournette's going to have a big year. <laughs> you have uh, Hopkins and Thomas. Can you be more specific? Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas, sorry. Not the guy that caught the Hail Mary in Jacksonville. No. The Saints guy. Best play in Jaguars history. $100 million. About? That was a part of? You better believe it. All right, Michael Thomas, not bad. I'm receiver heavy. <laughs> yeah, you're very receiver heavy. Michael <laughs> Thomas caught like 125 balls last year. That's good. He did, yeah. He, 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 I think he led the league in receptions. Probably slated to do it again this year. So, yeah, like that. Brent, score, like I said, scoring points. Saints yeah. scoring a lot of points this year. I'm going to win not on an bad. auto draft in this damn league. That's what's going to happen here. I like your style. Uh, hey, do you have time to do balling and falling? Uh, I do have time. Well, I'm, you want to go first because I'm about to pick here. I, I, ten seconds, I'm picking again. Oh, I can't wait. You oh, got to take us through pick. What are you thinking? For, for my next pick? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking championships, Brent. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a running back here, and it's between Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a big year, so I'm taking Dalvin Cook. Wow. Yeah. That's, that seems a little early. For I the second like round? you could have got Dalvin Cook in, like, the fourth round. You'd be surprised. And also, I should just mention right you're now. You're playing with a bunch of people who are, have no idea what they're well, doing. Obviously, Marcel because our Kuz, boss, definitely. listen, I don't want to out anybody out right now because there's still plenty of draft left, but our boss, Nick, with his, <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with his first pick at pick number eight, took Patrick Mahomes, and then in some kind of quarterback limbo, took it upon himself in the second round <laughs> to draft Deshaun Watson. So I'm not really sure what's going on here. With, he said uh, he might roadblock all the good quarterbacks. You might just pick four quarterbacks. Good luck with that strategy and see how it pays off for you. He, 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 keep in mind, he can only play one quarterback at a time. So, all right. Interesting Are you on strategy. the clock? Who? Me? I'm on the, I'm, I'm on the clock again. He's on the clock. <laughs> you can't do this. I told you this was going to be a disaster. Hey, uh, I'm going to go with my ball. This is a shout-out for you, Coos, okay? We're going to mention a little basketball on the show. Oh, nice. 53-point win for the American team. They could be getting a lot of heat. We're going to kill them for the next few weeks, probably. They're not going to win. They're, they're going to sneak by teams. Austin's going to be pumped. We're up against uh, Giannis I, I know. now. Now Giannis in Greece. Good luck. So who are you pulling for? I'm pulling for country always comes before fandom. No, country always comes before fandom. I'm going Team USA all day. But I hope Giannis has like 100 points. <laughs> as long as USA has 101. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. That was a good. I mean, they needed something like that. They take a little heat off them. That's what they should do. They beat Japan 98 to 45. So I'll go a little balling. Uh, I'll go outside the box and a little basketball, even though it's a football day. Uh, Ballin, I'm going Cam Newton. And this isn't really quarterback related, Brent. This is more wide receiver related. Cam Newton just set the Guinness Book of World Records for the I most one-handed catches with 51 and 60 seconds, breaking Jarvis Landry's previous record of 48. Marcel, I feel like we could maybe give a... If we're on the same page, look, at, I, I turn to Marcel, he looks at me. I think we're on the same page right now. Anybody I've ever we've ever had in our sports department thinks they could break this record. Drew Copley... Feels like he could do it. He used to be here before Marcel with us in our sports department. Okay. You probably don't know Drew. I don't. But uh, he was here for a couple of years, and you know, he, he's a pretty good athlete, younger mm-hmm. guy, and he would say he could do the same, and Marcel's here to probably say he could do the same thing. You a one-handed catch guy, though, Marcel? Fire up the jug machine. 
Well, can you use a drugs machine or does that have to be someone throwing the ball? Well, this was throwing the ball. We These were probably, soft. Yeah. These yeah. were not like, this was not like, this I've, was, I've like actually, the Cam Newton was, Yeah. it was softballs. I actually did a video a few years back. Uh, I was kind of in, in the arena messing with the Tiger Jones, formerly of the uh, Jacksonville Sharks in the Arena League, and we had a little competition that involved catching balls one hand. I don't know how many I had in a minute. I'll have to go back and check, but if I can get someone to toss me the rock, we can knock these records down. All right, Cam Newton uh, does that. Uh, I want to also say, you know, I should have said this, and I wanted to do this, and then I kind of forgot about it, lost mm-hmm. in all the fantasy football. But did you see the Michael Lorenzen, Babe Ruth feet? No, I didn't. Did you see that happen? No, hit me with it. Uh, it's hard to go do something Babe Ruth's done. Yeah, right. So the first one to do it since uh, he he's a pitcher. He earned the win, played in the outfield, and hit a home run. He's the first player in Major League Baseball history to accomplish that in the same game since Babe Ruth did it in 1921, which is really wild. Now, you, have, you just kind of throw it in, play to the outfield. But yeah. Still pretty impressive uh, that uh, got the win, hit a home run. That's been done uh, multiple times, but now play in the outfield. I was shocked that that had not been done before since Babe Ruth in 100 years. It was 100 years ago, well, Didn't 98. He, didn't the guy from the Angels? Uh, Otani. Otani? Well, he's not hasn't pitched and played the outfield in the same game. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you would pitch he, and then they would just sit him? We're talking or, about the same game. Well, yeah. you, you could either DH or you pitch oh, it and you, okay. when you come out, you come out. You gotcha. don't go play the field. That must have been what I was thinking So of, okay. I think it's been done like a guy's pitched and played the outfield or yeah. a guy's pitched and hit a home run. Yeah. But he hasn't done all three in the same game. Gotcha. Uh, so there's a little balling as well, a little extra balling uh, on the schedule today. Fallen, uh, a helicopter covering the Vuelta a Spain. <laughs> Is you know what I'm talking about? I think it's fallen because, I mean, someone's going to lose their stash or take it for what you want. But a helicopter covering the Volta a Spain, which is a big bike race. Um, basically, they're covering stage eight. And during like the final kilometer, a helicopter was flying by. Uh, it was, there was a live feed. And cops seemed to notice something crazy in the live feed. And it was uh, basically two plots on top of two buildings that were growing uh, a giant marijuana farm. And the authorities... Obviously got a hold of this film, figured out where the where the plots were and arrests and uh, were made, and they also salvaged the the, the stuff. So um, yeah, I guess it's fallen or maybe born for the authority, born for the authorities, fallen for anybody that was growing. Know, are they ever going to be able to find them though? I mean, it was like on the side of a hill, like in the random. It wasn't like it didn't look like it was a property. people talk, Brent. People talk. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I was reading up on that. Though in Spain, there are some rules that allow for plants to be grown. Okay. I, I didn't know the specifics of yeah. it, but this one, because <laughs> it was widespread, it was yeah. on the side of a hill or something, I don't know. But how bizarre is that? Very. And I don't know if you mentioned it, but that was like a cycling event. Like, yeah, I course. had to read like four paragraphs into that story to see like, what are <laughs> you were, even talking about? What is this? They were just trying to monitor like this bike race, and all of a sudden they come across this giant stash. That's insane. great. Yeah. That's a... Yeah. What a... I bet that's happened quite a bit. Not like in marijuana terms, yeah. but but things that have been seen on camera that might lead to something, somebody doing a, a something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and an arrest potentially. Well, how many times that's happened yeah. in sports? Probably can count on one hand. I feel like now it's going to happen a lot more with like the technology of. Well, yeah, and you also have to recording. have like kind of. This was like outside because it's cycling. Yeah. It's not like at an indoor stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess it has to. Uh, kind of play into that too we'll catch you up to date with our fantasy football draft where i've probably five players on my team and i have no idea who they are i'm auto drafting <laughs> as we speak what a joke this is more to come on espn 690 all right who's on my team 
Let's update people. I know they really want to know who my team is. Yeah. Um... I know I got carry on Johnson. I have three receivers. <laughs> Keenan, Allen, Keenan Allen. DeAndre Hopkins. Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas. Yeah, yeah good Can receivers. We call him Michael Thomas. It's not Mike Thomas. It's okay, Michael. Michael Thomas. Your running backs are, eh, I've seen better. You got carry on Johnson and Aaron Jones. Here's hoping that Aaron Jones stays healthy this season. Green Bay, right? Yeah, he's had some injuries. He's playing concerns. tonight. He's playing tonight, so there you go, Brent. He's going for four touchdowns tonight, baby, okay. against the Bears. Okay. That's the best auto yeah, draft ever. Let's just stay healthy first, Dang. and we'll see. This is great because I have the ultimate excuse now. I didn't draft this team. <laughs> but then if you win it. I'll, I'll, I'll ride that wagon all the okay. way to the okay. winner's circle. Okay. Fair enough. Now it's going to come down to me making some quality moves. Be the GM. Yep. Right? Yeah. Trade up. Yeah. Trade back. And just if you want, you don't go sign AB in free agency. You know who's going to be really disappointed that. with this? It's Ty. Oh, for real? He's going to be really disappointed. When I tell him my team, he'll be like, really? You should have had him draft. I should have. Well, I'm, I'm sure he knows how to log into a, <laughs> a fantasy app. <laughs> Man, so, dude, I you, tell you, you what. You blocked Shots me out. Fired. I, I there was a big joke in all this where you blocked me out. Yeah. I, as a commissioner, I took it upon myself to block out whose idea this was in the first place. No, man. I, I don't know what happened. I feel bad because I wanted to be part me. of this. I can't predict you. <laughs> Blackballed you from the league. Okay. <laughs> well, unless you prove this in a court of law. Uh... We'll see you week one, Brent. All right. Uh, we'll wow. I have walked into something. You guys didn't warn me when I was That's coming up here. You should have really told me. I mean, I, this is insanity. We've got people everywhere. Dorian was nothing. There's, this was Dorian. 12 hours a day of Dorian was nothing. Thank <laughs> no. you. All right. Welcome in a little oh, TV timeout. John Bachman. Finally, you can make some time for us. Yeah. Get off the TV. You get enough FaceTime the last couple of days? I don't know. But Burrish and I were arm wrestling, and he seemed to win the last two weeks. <laughs> He, he certainly got in the face. He did. You know, there is a time in our business, and John can speak to this, and we do so many shows in the fall, or, or maybe it's on a game day, right, where you uh, do some uh, live hits in the morning, maybe at noon, and then do the radio show for three hours, and then go do the sports cast, and then a half-hour pregame show, and then the sidelines, and then a postgame show, and more TV. Yeah. And it's like, you get done, and you're like... I don't ever want to go on TV again. Sure. Like, I don't ever want to talk about sports again. Just burnt out. Like, it, oh, not really. But it's just like, I'm done talking. You can tell, like, you're done talking. I've talked too much for one day. Mm-hmm. I need a refresh button. And uh, I'm sure you guys are kind of in that mode well, after the last 10 days, but really the last few days. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we you know, we, <laughs> it's really been two weeks. I mean, it really yeah, it has. has been two the weeks. If you're talking about ever. Dorian. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, but look, I, I've been telling everybody. You know, there's nothing to complain about. And, and everybody in northeast Florida and southeast Georgia, uh, you know, we have nothing to complain about. Uh, when you look at the damage done in the Bahamas, and we're, we're not even understanding the full scope of the damage there yet because, frankly, nobody's been able to fully assess the damage because it's that bad. It that's is, what says it a lot. Is, I mean, there are parts of islands wiped off the map. It yeah. is that bad. And... North Carolina right now is getting blasted kind of the way uh, some feared northeast Florida would. There mm-hmm. were tornadoes on Emerald Isle this afternoon. Um, and 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 there's a there was a warning in, on, in Cumberland County, uh, North Carolina, shortly after that. So I mean, it's spawning all kinds of damage uh, up there that easily could have happened here. And uh, you know, so it is what it is. Perspective is is key here, I think, for everybody uh, to be grateful that yes, it was annoying that we spent all this time talking about it. I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. Everybody's exhausted. 
but we're we're we you know we've we've got our stuff. It dodged a bullet, man. We did. I mean, uh, it, it could have been really bad. It could yep. have been at least worse than it was at the very right. very least. Right. And um, I, yeah. I think what you said about the Bahamas is important. And, and once again, this be a good time to remind you. We had Coach uh, Yo on. Used to be the women's basketball coach at JU. Now at Ole Miss, and she joined us. She's a native of the Bahamas. Her family's still there. A lot of her family's still there, and she's raising money. And so we'll, we'll share the information. GoFundMe page. Coach Yo, type that in, mm-hmm. and you can help her raise money for her native land uh, and and try to help the folks out uh, in the Bahamas. But I thought you brought up a good point of, I mean, there are, I said to Austin when we got on on Tuesday that you're not seeing video out of there because you're not seeing anything out of it. I mean, I shouldn't say anything. We've seen video, but we have not seen some video and some pictures because it's hard to get to. That was two days ago. I think it's still the case 48 hours later. Without question, there are no, I mean, there, I think there's one landing strip that the military and the Coast Guard have basically been using to get people in and out of there. They're you know using helicopters to some degree, but it, it's going to be weeks before we can fully grasp the devastation. But that should, I mean... That tells you how bad it yeah. really is. Now, a couple things real quickly. Coming up on Action News Jacks at 5 on CBS 47. We worked it out. We're on. We're back on Dish so everybody yeah, can watch great. us again. Yeah, so nice. we really, we really hope your Dish customers will come and watch us again on CBS 47. But uh, coming up on at 5 o'clock, um, there, there are some uh, plenty of families here who have connections to folks. You were mentioning the coach. Um, we've got, we talked to one where their, their family down there survived more than a day hanging to a tree wow. to survive the flooding. This woman and her two children. Yeah, I mean, the stories are, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be going endless. To be it's going to be endless, but th- this is going to be one that, that hits home because it's, it's a family of, of local folks here in Jacksonville. Uh, and then to piggyback off your fundraising, um, Action News Jack's Family Focus is going to have a convoy of care coming up on Tuesday at the town center. I think it's going to be in the usual spot there in the roundabout by right. Maggiano's. Right near Maggiano's, uh, yeah. We're going to be collecting supplies. There's a bunch of supplies. We've got all the information on actionnewsjacks.com. Um, we just uh, shot a promo for it. It's going to start running here so- shortly. Um, but we're going to collect supplies. Um, a friend of mine uh, who, who runs sort of this uh, private jet situation he's getting a bunch of pilots together and planes together and they're going to collect supplies and bring them down to as soon as they start opening up and and can get in there to your point i mean that's the other thing you know there's still that i keep telling people there will be people who die waiting to be rescued from this storm it's that bad you know what i mean there 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 are so many people out there just clinging to trees and floating on uh you know tops of a of a building or whatever's left uh, anyway, so it, it's, it's, the death toll is what is it up to? It's at twenty now, but that's, I mean that's just a glancing. I mean that that's that will pay. Unfortunately, that that can't be where it ends. One more thought on that too. Like you said, it will be forever changed. And you know, Bahamas is a place where a lot of people go, and at different parts of the islands, of course. Mm-hmm, you know, in the southern part of the Bahamas was more or less wanna, spared. Yeah, no, spared. there there are a lot of places that are are okay right now. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at some of the aerials, and this is what I really thought when that so- storm sat there, and it'll be interesting to see if this is the case and unfortunate is that it almost will feel like parts of the Bahamas are like a sunken ship. Yes. And that's you what know? it's going to be. I mean, in, some in of the, these, some of these islands that were 30 feet above sea level had 25 feet of storm surge go over and wash over them yeah. along with 185, 200 mile an hour wind. You can see from the air days. Crazy. You could see from the aerials yeah. that there are buildings underwater. Yeah. Like buildings, they are yeah. structures. They're not just like concrete, yeah. like uh 
parking lots or anything. I'm talking like actual structures underwater, and it looks like a few feet underwater. It's just devastating. Uh, and now it goes up to the Carolinas. Uh, your th- you've done now. We've done this a lot around here. Mm-hmm. We've had devastation and, and we've had issues. We still haven't had a direct hit. No. Uh, and it's Matthew wasn't time. a direct hit, and it did a lot of damage. And it's prime time for hurricane season still yeah. for the next month. Yeah. Um, how I mean, it's it's amazing our the geography of where we are in northeast florida that preserves us yeah. from getting a direct hit right it's, i mean it's you got to go back to Do- well, uh, dora dora in 1964 i believe was the was the last direct hit and 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 there's i mean there's good science behind it if you look at a map and you look at where things flow and all that you I mean t- mike of course mike burrish is the expert in all this and he'd do much better at this but the bottom line is Jacksonville's inland. I mean, it's kind of like we're due you know, south of the, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, I mean, think about we, that. We, right, exactly. And then you think, well, the the first state to get the most hurricanes, direct hits is Florida for obvious reasons. The next one, North Carolina. Look at a map. There's a reason for that. The conveyor belt of warm water runs basically right to North Carolina. That's that's how yeah. it works, and that's why. It, it is the way it is. And so, um, yeah, you know, J- Jacksonville hasn't had one, and thankfully. You know, a long, long time. Now, obviously, Matthew did a lot of damage, and it was only about 50, 60 miles off our our coast. Um, Irma did a lot of damage as it 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 went up the the spine of Florida. Yeah. And and so there's certainly a lot of damage that can be had out of there without getting a direct hit. But uh, Jacksonville's fortunate, and I and I think that's a that's a great thing for Jacksonville. Yeah. Really. You can uh, by the way check out our Action News Jackson I think Facebook page, and you'll probably have this tonight. But how about the video in I think it was North Carolina of the car. Oh, that was South Carolina, the South Jeep Car- Cherokee sitting on the beach. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, Somebody drove on the beach right as the, the, the hurricane's coming out, and, and shockingly, that didn't work out well. Like, did I it mean, get even though it's accelerated? It's probably you know what? Not I, have, I, I saw it was started, rated. but you know, part of that is that once it starts happening, the sand kind of collects around it and kind of protects it a little bit. So, the last I'd seen, anyway, it hadn't washed away. Now, that was a couple hours ago, so I, I don't know for sure. People are really dumb sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, they really are. We all have our moments, Brad. It's crazy, man. I feel like the hurricanes bring out like the crazy people sometimes, right? Like every single time you watch like a newscast of a hurricane, there's someone wearing a horse mask or like one of those T Rex costumes. (laughs) You saw a couple of those at the beach yesterday. Oh yeah, for sure. It's good to find some light moments and and humor in it. There's adventure in everybody, but then it borders on stupidity at times and idiocy, and and there's a fine line sometimes. (laughs) There's a fine line between what is it, brave. And stupidity, I think, is, is how think it goes. So. Yeah, no, we, anyway, so we've got, we, we, yeah, well, look, we also have some good stuff coming up. As you talk about lighthearted stuff, we had, we talked to a guy who strapped down his roof. Remember that down yes, there in Ponte the Beach? It, 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 it worked. I mean, now again, the storm didn't quite have a full impact here, so it's hard to say if it really worked, but yeah. It, his house is still there. Put that one in the lab. And then we also had... Well, I've seen that idea done before, by the way. He's not the first to come up with it. Possibly the first to use a Cadillac as his anchor. <laughs> That's the part that I liked. The um, battle wagon, he called it. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, I was wondering if that might have been the... You know, he might have wanted to... S- Save that so he could get out if he needed to, but that's just me. And then we had the lady who plastic wrapped her house. Yes. And again, the water didn't get up high enough to where you could really test it, but you know, for what she had, it worked. So you know. Well, anyway, so creativity. Yeah. Right. Style exactly. Points. Yes. All but right. listen, we're also going to be talking Jags today too, because I mean, we're all like, I, I, I'm sure everybody in Jacksonville's very eager. Especially, we're all eager because it's the first game. But we're especially eager because we've been no- doing nothing but talking about Dorian. I cannot wait. 
to talk about the Jags in our newscast tonight. I cannot wait. That's a I good like segue. It. We're going to talk a little more Jags coming up. And by the way, tonight, Jaguars All Access at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. Uh, Jeff Lagerman, myself, Ashlyn Sullivan, and Rasheen Mathis will join us. The Jaguars, again, messing around with their schedule because of Dorian. So Calais Campbell will not be there tonight. We'll get back to regularly scheduled program next week. But uh, Rasheen Mathis Sheen, will join I like us that, man. 7 o'clock on... Uh, CBS on Fox 30. That show is on Fox 30. I got to keep these in mind. That dude has a killer truck, by the way. Rasheen Mathis? Mathis? Oh, yeah, man. Never seen it. What does he got? Oh, it's like a dually. It's big and mean and it's awesome. (laughs) Okay. That would would take the Storm Tracker to task right there. (laughs) Ask him about his truck. Make sure he still has it. Parking can be a little touchy down there in Avondale. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. I want to see how he handles that. Yeah, well, maybe he's changed. Maybe he doesn't have it anymore. You have to ask him. Real quickly before I go, answer me this, Nick. You guys have already talked about Nick Foles and his abdomen injury. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Is he all right? What, what happened? They, they just have to list stuff. He was sore a little bit last week, and that's it. They again, they had to put something on the injury report yesterday, even though they didn't practice. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, so, why do you? Okay. Well, well, that's a that's an all fair conversation. But I, what? What? I mean, how does? Okay. He didn't get hit, did he? No, but I mean, you could tweak something. Uh, I guess. No, basically, what you're trying to ask though is why would they report something that's so insignificant? If it's it seems in, like. yeah, if it's ins- insignificant, that's, that's just kind of the NFL protocol. Okay, fair yeah. yeah, you got to do it. You have to do it. He so he's going to be all year. He's it. still going to go deep for three or four touchdowns on, on Absolutely. Sunday. Absolutely. Okay. That's the thing with the NFL. Even if you get like something iced, you have to report it. You okay. Know? Just all right. All right. Is, I so. got you. Okay. Right. I won't well, put too much stake into it. Well, okay. Good. Check out John on CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight at five, and we'll ice down this fantasy draft and talk more Jags next on ESPN six night. Yeah, I mean, I'm still. You still have that that little in, uh, nervousness of going into the start of the season, but at the same time, just having the familiarity with uh, what what it is and what you need to go out there and accomplish is something that's that's different. Uh, last year, you, you think you know, but you don't know until you get there. And this year, I kind of have that experience now of how you have to go out there and kind of weather the emotions early and then go out there and play a good football game. That's Patrick Mahomes talking about. Really, his first year last year versus stepping into this year. Yeah. Now, different expectations this year, too. It's tough to live up to the hype. Remember, I made a little bet with you. Nope. I don't think he'll throw 40 touchdown passes this year. Uh, we'll see. I just think people will try to take away the pass, even if they give up the running touchdowns or, yeah. or they'll try to take away these explosive plays. Things will be a little harder for the Chiefs. Uh, then they've been, uh, you know, you, I see. people spent all offseason trying to figure out the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion. That's what defensive coordinators around the league did. I hear you on that, Brent, but I just think the Chiefs have so many weapons at their disposal where it's hard to take away every single one of those weapons. True. You know, I mean, like, to be fair, you saw the Patriots do it to the Rams in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, the Rams were, uh, uh where I like to use a lot is the Rams pretty much got mollywopped on offense, right? Like, the Patriots defense shut them down. But if you look at the Chiefs, and I'm, and we'll see how if Williams is going to be the real deal at running back, or if they rely on Latron McCoy a little more, who is kind of uh, you know he's up there in age, may still have one or two good years left in him if he can stay healthy. But I think the Chiefs can beat you on every single level. You know where the Rams, I feel like they were lacking a little bit at the tight end spot. You know, I mean they had three, well they had two pretty good wide receivers at the time. I think Cooper Cup was out. Uh, when healthy, the Rams are good at wide receiver. But dude, you look at the, the Chiefs. You know, you got Sammy Watkins at wide receiver. You got Tyreek Hill at wide receiver. Two bona fide studs. I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill's the stud. Sammy Watkins is pretty good in his own right. Then you have Travis Kelsey, who can, you know, he can throw the ball to the middle of the field. And then, you know, I think I think you have a backfield that that is serviceable. So stopping all those kind of things, like yeah, it's easy. Yeah, just go ahead and stop the weapons. All right, sounds good. But you have a lot of weapons to stop, and you have to ask yourself, do you have the talent on defense to do that week in and week out? Well, and here's the deal. I think teams, their schedule indicates 
that they're playing some pretty good defenses. They mm-hmm. start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course. Good defense. Oakland Raiders, meh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens, pretty good defense. Pretty good defense. Detroit, meh. Indianapolis, they don't scare me on defense. They might yeah. be decent, but they don't scare me. Uh, Houston, mm-hmm. pretty good defense, right? Uh, Denver, they play them twice. Good defense. Green Bay, no. Minnesota, good defense. Tennessee, Plays pretty tough defense. It's, yep. it's kind of an underrated defense, to be honest with you. And I do it myself uh, because I don't love their football team. But uh, the Chargers. Great defense. Play them twice. Yeah. The New England Patriots. They'll, so they'll you, figure you, something out. To, yeah, you're going to have to earn your, your points. And, and really they play well. the Chicago Bears, too. Yeah. So they play the Jags, the Chargers, the Bears, and the Broncos, and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And from a defense, you think defense. About the only defense I'm leaving out <laughs> is probably Seattle. Yeah. I mean, they play the Ravens, considered a pretty good defense. Yeah. Did, did you say Minnesota? I'm sorry. They play Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. I'm Minnesota. sorry. Yeah. They play Minnesota. Minnesota, too. Yeah. They play the best defenses in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, they do. You're right. So I think from just a natural regression mm-hmm. based off their schedule, plus teams figuring them out a little bit more, even with all the weapons. Yeah. And one thing about the weapons, and keep in mind, for teams to do well, you have to get, what, lucky. You yeah. have to stay healthy. Of course. That's I what it's all about. I think last year they stayed pretty healthy. I, I don't know how many injuries they had. But I'm pretty sure they stayed relatively healthy last year on the offensive side of the football. Of course. I mean, especially at the big play positions, you know, and I think that's that's the problem you have when in a high powered offense where if you have one of your star guys go down, you know, that's kind of game over as opposed to a high powered defense where we've seen it with the Chargers every single year. Brent, it seems like one of their big stars goes down and, and they try to find a way to adjust and they still have a pretty solid defense year in and year out. So um, in terms of injuries, yeah, I, I think you're you're more susceptible to having a lot less success with an injury on offense and you know, defense. All right, I got a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. You played for Andy Reid. Yeah. We talked about how good he is in the beginning of the year. How good he is anyway. Guy doesn't get enough credit probably for being a really good football coach. Yeah. 5-1 uh, and one with Kansas City. You know his worst record? 5-1 uh, and one in openers, that is. You know his worst record in Kansas City so far is 9-7? and seven? Wow. I mean, not, not bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> not bad at all. But the yeah. question in Philadelphia was could he win the big one? Mm-hmm. And I think sooner or later that question will come in Kansas City. They're talented enough. True. Can he win the big one? Yeah. Uh, but you liked him a lot. Right? I did. You, you thought he was a I good love, coach. You loved him. I, I loved him, man. Yeah. You played for him. Give us a, why well, did you like playing for him so much? And well, you have a fun Andy Reid story. And, and, and keep in mind, too, here, Brent, where when we're talking about you know Andy Reid, I mean, I was only there for, for training camp, really. Yeah. You know, so like... You know, for me to be that passionate about this dude, um, it kind of goes to show you he did really make a, a big impression on me. And the reason why, and not to say that coaches didn't either. Like, I mean, I was a fan of Coach Del Rio. Um, I thought Malarkey was good, you know, um, and I, I speak very highly of Mark Tressman. Like, knock on wood. Well, I'm not knocking wood. It doesn't matter anymore. But <laughs> I, I've never really had a, a bad um, NFL head coach that I, I didn't really gel with, you know. But the thing with Andy Reid that, that's so great is I think he understands who he is as a person. I think a lot of times in the NFL, in this you know toxic masculinity environment that has been created upon itself, um, you know coaches want to go out of their way and chew you out here or try to make it like more like a dictatorship than than it's actually like you know like a democracy. And Andy Reid doesn't believe that at all. You know, Andy Reid um, is what, what you call a player's coach. Uh, yeah, he, he he's not afraid to, you know, choose somebody out if they have to, but I hardly ever saw it. And when when he spoke to you, when he broke down a team that you're going against, when he broke down a game plan, 
he spoke to you as he was just being himself. And who he is is a guy that loves to wear like the the, the beach, you know, the, the beach polo shirts, like the time Bahama stuff. He he loves to wear sandals in the meetings, and and he accepts that. He's not trying to be someone that he's not. And you know what, Brent? We don't talk about this enough, but NFL players, you know, having dealt with egos in college and different upbringings, whatever it is, NFL players can see through BS, right? NFL players can see when guys aren't being genuine. And usually when that happens, especially in the whole coaching realms, um, you're, you're going to clash with your players. Well, players can tell that Andy Reid is just who he is. And in doing that, you, you want to play harder for the guy because you respect him so much. Yeah, and, and that's just from a, a personality standpoint. Now, from an offensive-minded standpoint, Brent, I mean, the, the, this guy lives for the offensive side of the football. You know, he, he lives for the quarterback position. He lives for, you know, breaking down film, game planning, and getting his getting the guys that he thinks deserve the ball. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what he's all about. He's good at the chess match. He's good at the chess match, yeah. Uh, and he likes ice cream. He likes ice cream. Yeah. Well, the Give story. Us the ice cream story. Well, see, it was never. It wasn't ice cream for me. It was, it was burgers. So, um, every away game that we were actually every, every game that we we're at. So you know, obviously Saturday night we're in the hotel, whether it's a home or away game, and like I said, he he's not the rah rah. You know, gonna make up some kind of story to motivate you. Not at all. So, and I kid you not here. And I'm not sure anything anybody doesn't know. This is this is reported all around the place. But a, a traditional like Andy Reid, you know, rah rah speech would be him coming in. So we just you know we watch our defensive meetings. Now we're all together, offensive defense in the same meeting room. Andy Reid comes in this flip flops his Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> All right, guys, you know, uh, so we got a game tomorrow. Let's, let's, let's get some sleep tonight. Let's look good. You know, uh, it's going to be a tough one. They're a good team, but I think uh, I like the guys that we got in this room. I think we're all set up, ready to win, and I, I like our chances tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, uh, I talked to the, the catering staff, and uh, we have some cheeseburgers in here. Uh, this is real quality meat we're talking about here. This is real quality Kansas City brisket kind of patties here, and uh, we have a variety of cheeses here you guys can try out as well. And then he would always break down, I'm not kidding, he would always break down the meeting. Like a team meeting, your last thing the coach is going to say to you before you go to the game the next day, he would always say, let's go have a cheeseburger on me. My treat. <laughs> and he, and he, he always said my treat. So he'd be like, you know, let's go kick some, you know, whatever tomorrow. Go have a cheeseburger on me. My treat. And, that, and that's how he broke down every single meeting, uh, you know, that I was there for. And from what I was told, because I talked to some my former teammates, that's how he broke down every single meeting that entire year was, you know, rah, rah, whatever so you got to say. But to close it out, let's go get a cheeseburger. My treat. We got one more hour to go here on ESPN 690. Let's go have a cheeseburger on me. <laughs> my treat. My treat. That's awesome. Good stuff. Fun stuff. I wonder if maybe that's why he can't win the big game. Do you need to go rah-rah in the big game? Super motivation before, like, the big play? You know what I mean? I don't think. I mean, you know what? If you're in the AFC Championship game, I think you know what's at stake. Yeah. You really do. That's how he treats him. I like that. I respect that. And that's the thing. And let's be honest. If you're in the NFL and you need a rah-rah speech, probably not not in the right position. Or the right uh, profession. Sorry. I'm on the clock right now. I'm drafting. (laughs) <laughs> An update on our draft teams, the happy hour horn. A little college football, and then more on the Jaguars, plus what's going to happen in tonight's game. Oh, we got a lot to get to next on ESPN 690. Well, the auto-drafting of my fantasy football team is about over. Are we it almost done yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm making the last pick now, actually. <laughs> I just see that I'm up again. So... Do you like your team? You're about as stressed out as I've ever seen you. 
Yeah, I mean, this was not a good idea. This was a horrible idea, um, especially having the first pick. So I had to pick it back to back a couple times, and I'm trying to tell stories and monitor what's going on because obviously when when I play, Brent, I play to win. So this was uh, this was stressful to say the least, but now it's over, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy. How are you, Sid? Are you happy right now? I have no idea what my team looks like. <laughs> uh, are you going to share it with me? Well, let's first yeah. do the happy hour horn. Let's we get that ready here on a Thursday, and then we'll, we'll all learn at the same time what my team is. Sure. I know we have uh, DeAndre Hopkins on my side. Yep. And I think I know Michael Thomas. Yep. I don't know much more than that, but uh, I know this. Happy hour horn is brought to you by Vita De Louis. Drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders. You need some? You might need some. Oh, man. Stressful hours. Just go so. ahead and set up an IV, please, because, <laughs> yeah, I need some in the worst way. Not uh, recommended. Uh, not at all. No. Who's tried it? Vita Delui recently got a 94 rating. A locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita Delui tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDelui.com. Drink responsibly, of course. And once again, uh, thanks to Vita Delui for being a part of our Action Sports Jack Stream 18. That's coming up, oh, a week from Monday, believe it or not. Big shout out to nice. uh, everybody for being a part of it. Uh, pretty much sold out on the golfer's side. I could probably sneak in another foursome if we wanted to, but we like to keep it to a manageable amount of teams uh, so we have a nice day and a, and a quick day out there. It'll be Monday, 9 a.m. at the Golf Club at Southampton, September 16th. Cadillac Dealers, uh, our title sponsor. Thanks again to the Players' Championship and Law Offices of Ron Scholes at Jacksonville Giants for our presenting sponsorships and uh, so many others. What I like to do is call it a local sports celebration because the Giants will be out there, the Jaguars, the shrimp the armada the iceman we got everybody uh the sharks uh ju unf they'll all be out there uh special thanks to some others including uh, top golf uh they'll be out there and airstream uh will be a part of it too so so many people to thank and we'll do that over the next week or so as we get closer to the action sports jack stream 18 but uh looking forward to it going to be a lot of fun raise a lot of money in our 10th year uh raising money for charity uh, in the Action Sports Jack Stream 18. All right. Uh, I might need a charitable help from a football, fantasy football uh, standpoint. Yes. How does my team look auto-drafted over the last hour because I could not log on? Okay. Quarterback, Cam Newton. Not Running bad. backs, on Johnson, Aaron Jones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not right? excited right? about that. You're not excited about that at all. I wouldn't be either. But I can uh, pick up some garbage type of stuff yep. with Jones with Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially yeah. LaFleur there. Who knows how he's going to do things. Once again, though, injuries, Brent. He's kind of injury susceptible. Know, but, we'll see. And Johnson, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Believe the hype? Lions with a rushing, with a good running back? I don't. I have a hard what time believing any hype Where's with Barry Detroit. Sanders? You know? Yeah, I know. So, all right, what else do I have? Uh, so Our receivers are good. You got Hopkins. You got Michael Thomas. 
uh, Tyler Lockett and Keenan Allen. That's pretty good. That's a that's a pretty legit. Stay healthy, boys. Day, yep. Uh, tight end. I'm not mad at tight end either, Brent. Evan Ingram. Yeah, not bad. Like that. You have the Eagles Be defense. Good with Daniel Jones halfway through the year. Yep. You got the Eagles defensive special teams and Robbie Gold. Uh, your bench. You got uh, Gordon from the Patriots, Singletary from the Bills, Crowder, Washington. Uh, I think it's Ricard, right? Jalen Ricard or is it Richard? Is it Jalen Richard, the guy from uh, the Raiders? Jalen Richard? Oh, Richard. There we go. Richard. And then Jared Goff as your backup quarterback. Ah, he's expensive as a backup. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of money riding the pine right now Who'd for you. you. Say Washington, who do I have? For your defense? The Eagles. Oh, no, defense. But you said a name, Washington. Oh, what, uh, Washington. You got James Washington, which is a solid oh, pickup. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, maybe the two or three receiver for the Steelers, we'll see with Moncrief. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I've got good receivers. You I'm good receivers. Josh Gordon, a little bit of a flyer on that. Good depth. Yeah. And uh, you know what I really like on my team? What do you got? The Devin Singletary kid. Yeah? I wanted the Jags to scoop him up. You're all in on this guy, huh? Yeah, I like him. Okay. That's the FAU kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, they had a little LaShawn McCoy, so... That should probably tell you. That no, they a like him a lot. No, yeah. they really like him. Yeah. He's, he's got off to a good start. So cool. now it's Buffalo, man. I mean, no, who I hear knows? you. But wasn't his whole thing? He had a, he had a bad forty, right? That kind of pushed him back a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> That's a good question. I don't know. There was a lot of hype, or you know, obviously we have some FAU folks around here, and I remember seeing his name a lot. And then I looked into him a bit more, and I was like, oh, this guy's intriguing. Like it would have been a cool landing spot for the Jags. I think he got drafted a bit higher than some people even thought, if I remember correctly. But. um I think he's going to be good. He's yeah. going to be pretty good getting out of Florida Atlantic. So uh, we'll see. I like my team. You like your team. I like my team a lot. Um, I'll tell you about a it lot. later because we'll, I'm looking at So Devin Singletary, yeah, he, he ran a 4.66. Okay, so it's so, slow down. It's good. Good so memory there. Yeah, you know, I, I try. Um, you just you see you just have all the people that you could potentially beat in the forty <laughs> fresh in your brain. I have them fresh in my brain just to make <laughs> me feel a little better for my four eight. Uh, I'll call it a four eight four that I ran. I think it was a four eight nine. No, hey, regardless, four eight four eight. That's all it was, right? Uh, yeah, I'm looking all right, man. I got Jackson as a quarterback. The Ravens, I'm rolling with the Ravens, man. I think the Ravens are gonna make some noise this year. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is your quarterback, well, and you like that? Well, keep in mind, rushing takes place too. And uh, for a backup quarterback, I got Tom Brady, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I got Saquon's overrated in these leagues, though, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Which um, is so weird because fantasy yeah. football, it just doesn't match up. Fantasy football and the real deal. True. Those quarterbacks are so important. Yep. Okay, go on. Uh, Saquon Barkley for my running back. Dalvin Cook for my running back. So I'm, I'm rolling running back heavy here. You want to trade receiver for a running back? Well, we'll have to see. I might just do that. My wide receivers, they got Boyd from Cincinnati, Stephon Diggs and Amari Cooper, and I got Will Fuller as uh, my bench. So yeah, talk about staying healthy. Fuller's had a hard I time know, doing man. that, but I like Cooper and I like Diggs because Diggs they're going to they'll uh, have a lot of yards in Minnesota. Yep. Sorry, Jacksonville, but my tight end is Travis Kelsey, and then um, then my bench I got Duke Johnson, Austin Eckler, which I think is going to be the big pickup of the draft. Austin Eckler, uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, Royce Freeman from Denver because I figured Ryan O'Hallen we could talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Um, and I also got Tyrell Williams because Antonio Brown now. Yeah, Tyrell yeah. Williams might be the guy. And I got Mark Andrews from Baltimore because I sang his praises um, a long time ago so at, at the tight end position. You spent six months getting information from every guest that we had on about fantasy football. Sure did. Did any of it come to fruition? So it did in my draft back home. Big time, because I got O.J. Howard when we talked to yeah. Jenna Lane. Jenna Lane. Jenna Lane told me O.J. Howard, so I, I went with O.J. Howard. Uh, but everything else that I've heard, yeah, for this draft, absolutely not, because I didn't have time to really Guess study. Guess who has O.J. Howard? 
You Chris? do. I have OJ Howard. How's your team, You're going to like that. I actually, in our projections, they have me in second to last. <laughs> Good. Good. Where am I? Like those projections. Oh, hold on, let me check. Uh, don't, got, hey, got, by the way, don't go by the projections. No, the projections are absolute crap. He, he got so excited about that, and then he's like, second to last. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. He might as well quit right now. Uh, who got Antonio Brown in our league? I think Rich took him, but he was auto-draft. Oh, he was? Yeah. So he drafted pretty high? That's Second round, I'm pretty Antonio. sure. Poor guy. Uh, that's, well, and is, is it coming down now? Is it official? He's going to be out for no. Nah, I mean, ESPN still report the Schefter report from earlier in the day where it's expected. Yeah, there still hasn't been an announcement unless I'm missing something in the last minute or two. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything just yet. We'll keep you posted. It could yeah. happen before uh, we get off the air at uh, six o'clock tonight. So, uh, you like your team, Coos? Yeah, I like my team a lot. Did you draft it now as we're doing the show? Yeah, I was trying to, like, Whoa. as we were going, yeah. If he's not drafting, he's doing something else, not paying attention. So, of course, he drafted yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with him drafting. <laughs> it was the first and last time this thing has ever worked. What I'm going to do, happened. though, is I'm going to take a screenshot of all of our teams, and I'm going to put them on our Facebook page, and we can turn out and see who's got the best one. Thank you. We have a lot of competitions going on. We have this that's now <laughs> begun, and uh, tomorrow we start our Celebrity Picks. Oh, I know. Celebrity Pick 6 tomorrow. And I gave you the games, right? You got that email? Sure didn't, but I'll check it when I get home. Well, how would you have? You only have 40,000 emails no, unchecked. No, Brent, don't shortchange me. 42,424 emails and 122 text messages that I haven't checked yet. 42,000. 42,000 emails this guy hasn't checked. <laughs> look at, look at those missed calls, too. Look, look at those missed calls coming in. 83 missed calls. Yeah. I wonder if one of those is say you won a million dollars. By the way, we're I'd already getting asked, uh, what, what's the trade situation? How are we handling that in waiver wire situation? So we're going to need some answers from the commissioner uh, here This soon. commissioner's a mess. Hey, so. did you want my answer? Don't worry about it. Uh, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> I think we've got to get the booze. This will be that's Gary Bettman. That's everything. Don't it, worry about it. When it, it comes it. to this commissioner. Don't uh, worry about it. We do it. So tomorrow we are going to our celebrity six-pack. We'll have a celebrity on yep. every week, we hope. <laughs> and... Uh, us three, Marcel and Stewart, also get in the game. We're playing with the spread. We're okay. just doing six games. It could be any variation of college and pros. We'll depend on the week. And we're going to two games in college this week, and that's the LSU-Texas mm-hmm. and Texas A&M-Clemson. Interesting. And then in the NFL, we'll always do the Jags. And so we got the Jags. And uh, I want to say the Falcons-Minnesota okay. was another one of them. And... I forget what else I picked. I picked two other games. Okay. So do your homework. I'll do my homework. Celebrity pick six tomorrow. I got it. I like six it. pack. Any chance we can throw a fight in there every once in a while if there's a big fight going on or not? Or we're just doing straight a little football. Bonus. A little bonus? Yeah. Can we do that? We'll see. Okay. I don't know. Not sure if it'll fit on a graphic. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the division winners in the NFL oh, next. More picks, Brett. More stress in my life. That's all I need. What we want to do is gamble on this show today. Oh, let's pick division winners next. Can't wait. Throw your money down on ESPN 690 next. All right, what you got? Let's try to get some winners. Uh, who's going to the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> you got a lot going on. You can't handle all this. I seriously can't, man. This has probably been the most stressful day so far on the radio, but let's do it. Well, could we start at the AFC East and work our way down and then... Absolutely. Okay. I mean, hey, Coos, when do we vote for, like, impeachment of the commissioner? Dude, I'll That's impeach myself. I don't want to do it. Nobody else stepped up, so I figured I had to take over. Because uh, I had the show in mind. I have the best interest of ESPN 690 in mind. Who else auto-drafted? Rich Jones you and, and me? You and Rich. 
We're going to the Super Bowl. Both of us. Cool. Uh, Nick kind of did, too. Yeah, Nick just took every quarterback going. All right, let's go. Ready? Uh, are you writing this down, Coos? Yes. Or do I have to write it down? I'll are, write it down. Are you going to write it down wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. All right, let's get uh, – go ahead, AFC. You go rip through it, or you want me to go first? I said we go back and forth. Okay, so AFC, he's, I, obviously I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, me too. Not a lot of explanation there. Uh, AFC North? Because don't bet against the Patriots. That's rule number one. Don't bet against the Patriots. AFC hey, North. Oh, stop it. Yep. Are the Jets the Jets or the Bills the team that can compete, that could surprise out of the AFC East? Who, would you, who do you favor? I would favor the Jets. I don't think the Bills are established yet with their offense. Uh, they have a solid defense as do the Jets, but I like Le'Veon Bell. I like the weapons that the Jets have uh, as opposed to the Bills, so I'd probably take New York over to Buffalo. You know, a, a sneaky storyline that doesn't get talked about because they're the Bills, and it's kind of like giving a nod to the Jags and the and the Browns and teams like that, mm-hmm. and people don't want to, is the Bills made some interesting moves in the offseason. Yeah. The moves that, so, wow, okay, you know, it, and so I'm, I'm a little fascinated. I'm fascinated with them, and here's why I have a – I wonder about the Bills more so than the Jets because I'm not sure about Gase. In New York. That's a good point. And, you know, I like Darnold. I do like him. Obviously, Bell being there. But I don't know if Bell is that much of a difference maker. They have a good, solid defense, too. But I just think Gase, Gase to me, is very a polarizing guy. Sure. And if things go bad in that market, it's even it's a little different than being in Miami. If you if it goes wrong and your eyes start bugging out in, in New York, <laughs> well, your season could end quickly. Yeah. So disaster just, is possible. For the New York Jets, even with a pretty talented team. Listen, I don't know what Le'Veon Bell is going to do in New York. You know, he had the entire year off. One would think that he's 100% healthy now. But people forget what he did in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the success of the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, it came from Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. But they ran that offense through Le'Veon Bell. So I think if Le- Le'Veon Bell can even be, you know, like a microchasm of who he was in, in Pittsburgh, they're going to be all right. So th- that's why I'm taking New York. I mean, I, I still think Le'Veon Bell's got a lot to give. A lot of people want to disagree with me there, but I'm sticking well, with no, it. I think it's a fair yeah. take. Yeah. Uh, but Patriots to win the AFC East. Who do you have in the AFC North? <sighs> Tricky. You know, uh, you're riding the Cleveland train. No, the, so here's the thing. The sexy pick is obviously the Browns. I'm a fan of the Ravens. Uh, you know, the Ravens are kind of, I mean, we've been told they've revamped their, their offense a little bit. It's going to be a little more of a higher-powered offense compared to last year. It was basically just, you know, the quarterback options running power the whole time. I like the Ravens a lot, but... I'm going with the Browns, and I get it. This is the sexy pick, and everyone's going to uh, you know, say, oh, hop on the bandwagon. That's fine. But I look at the Browns. I'm convinced of Baker Mayfield. I, I like his charisma. I love his moxie. I like Odo Beckham Jr. catching the balls. I like Jarvis Landry now, kind of being that slot guy. Usually, if you have a guy in the slot, you don't want to be your number one receiver. You, you want to be your number two or number three receiver. You got a good tight end in Joku. You have a really solid defense, Garrett. I think Olivia Vernon's going to have a resurgence. So I'm taking I'm taking the Browns. A lot of talent on the Browns. Yeah. You know who I'm not sold on? Who's that? It's Freddie Kitchens. Okay. As the head coach. Sure. I, I think that's, a, again, I'm going back. And and I do think i got to be a little careful here because I, I'm not hammering them. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I have to be careful I say that because I think we often go to coaching anytime anything goes bad. Mm-hmm. And it's really at the end of the day about players. It's a players league. And players win games and lose games. And I, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, that doesn't mean, I mean, there are some coaches that elevate you and, and maybe hold you back. 
but I think it's such an unknown. And with again, you're talking personalities. You know, with New York, you're talking about a market that can be volatile. Mm-hmm. With the Cleveland Browns, he's talking about personalities that can be volatile. If, yeah. How do you handle adversity? You know, when you lose two in a row, when if the Browns come out of the gates one and two, or two and four, are they rescuing that season or are they going in the tank? Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting one to, to weigh in, and it scares me a lot. And you know where I'm going? We had this conversation yesterday about the Washington Nationals and Philadelphia Phillies. And while the situation is not the same, mm. what happened to the Nationals? The Nationals got rid of one of the best players in baseball. I, like, I see where you're going here. And, and they got, and they're, they're better. Yeah. They're a better team. They might make a run in the postseason. They're playing good baseball. Yeah. I, and it doesn't make a lot of sense because Bryce Harper doesn't seem like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And Bryce Harper's a good player. But the Phillies who went and got him and spent all this money for him and had all these expectations with him are on the outside looking in. They've got a chance, but they're on the outside looking in with a few weeks to go in the season. Well, the Pittsburgh situation is totally different. They didn't have Le'Veon Bell last year anyway. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, people can now breathe a sigh of relief. You don't have to worry who you get the football to, whether it's Bell or Brown. Now you can get it to Schuster mm-hmm. and anybody else. Sam Smith Schuster and same. And you can, you, you can do what you want. And you know what? Now it's Ben Roethlisberger's team. Not Antonio Bell, not Le'Veon. I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Brown yeah. It's Ben Roethlisberger's team. I saw a recent piece on Roethlisberger. I think when they were uh, one of the preseason games, mm-hmm. it looks like he's refreshed. Sure. You know, it's kind of, this is a guy that wanted to retire a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I think he was so tired of the antics and the soap opera of Pittsburgh that he wanted to retire. Well, now he feels pretty good about himself. Out of that division, everybody talking about Baltimore and Cleveland. Don't ignore the Pittsburgh Steelers. I take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the AFC North. You know, and I like that pick because they have the solid defense to do it as well. I mean, I think Cam Hayward is – I always talk about Geno Atkins being the most underrated defensive tackle. Cam Hayward's right up there, man. Cam Hayward's the throwback defensive tackle that you want on your team. I mean, the, the guy eats nails. You know, he's one of those type of players. T.J. Watt um, is a solid guy. You know, you got Tewitt, uh Hargrave. Who they uh, draft at linebacker? Who they, who they drafted uh, – um, Come on, give it to me. You got depth chart up there? Yeah. Looking Who's right at linebackers. Uh, we got, well, how they said it? So, uh, Mark Barron, uh, Devin Bush Jr. is probably going to be Bush. the, yeah, that's Devin Bush. That's they, they, they have him, yeah, he's just the starter. Yeah. yeah, Devin Bush. So, yeah, I like the Steelers a lot. Maybe I'll have them for my wild card team. When and we I come think back they to feel it. like it was harder to place Ryan Shazier. Yeah. But I think Devin Bush, I feel, I think they have a lot of confidence in yeah. They like that pick a lot. So the only two question marks I have that team though, Brent, can James Conner repeat what he did? You know, his, his, his opening year and is Smith Schuster the real deal? You know, I think he benefited from having Antonio Brown line up across from him. Now that team's going to game plan him, call him the game wrecker. Can Smith Schuster, you know, stand up to it and be that, you know, that one receiver now? All right. Let's roll through the AFC. I got the Jaguars winning the AFC South. As do I. Because I think everybody's helped them out. Yeah. I do. It's not, I, I had them at nine and seven. I, I think the luck situation might make them 10 and 6. Yeah. And 10 and 6 will be enough to win the AFC South. Yep. I lo- and I'll tell you, from 5 to, to 10 wins, how do you get there? Luck's given me 1. Foles has given me 2. Mm-hmm. And you cannot get that injured again this year. That's good for 2. That's how I, like I come it. up with 5 extra wins. I homer up. I sunshine and rainbows up. The hurricane's gone. I'm taking the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars with the AFC South. I'm taking them too as well. I think it comes down to the Texans and the Jaguars and uh, last week I was saying how it should be a lock for the Jaguars. Well, now the Texans bring in Larry Tunzel. I mean, 
bring in a left tackle, does that really solidify you as your division champs? I don't think so. I'm still taking the Jaguars. Wild card teams in the AFC South plus the AFC West and the rest of the NFC. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? We'll tell you next on ESPN 690. All right, it's time to make our picks. Continue the picks. We've already done it a little bit. For me in the AFC East, it's the New England Patriots. Same goes for Austin. I've got the Steelers in the North. He's got the Ravens. And we both had the no, Jags in I, the uh, AFC South. Oh, you had the, the Browns, Browns sorry. Yeah. sorry. Uh, and uh, we both had the Jags in the AFC South. We homered up for the Jags in the AFC South. Pumping that sunshine. Houston, definitely the contender. Tennessee gets no love. None. And Indianapolis... What a story it would be if Jacoby Brissett can keep them good. Yeah, uh, A lot of people in that locker room and in that city and in that organization believe that can happen. You have to have to show me that. Uh, you have yeah, to show me I that mean, he was worth the $30 listen, million and everything. I played against him a couple times, and I think he's a game manager, but I think in order to be successful in the AFC South, you have to lead your team to win some games, and I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying that I haven't really seen that yet. So until you prove me wrong, I'm taking the Jags in the AFC South. All right, AFC West, what do you got? AFC West taking the Chiefs. Safe pick, but I think Kansas City is the real deal again. Um, they have too many weapons out to be successful. Uh, their defense is intriguing. Because you remember, Brent, last year their defense, one of the worst in the NFL. 31st. I think if they can be serviceable and be like a top 20 defense with that offense, yeah, they'll have no problem winning the AFC West, especially with the Chargers team. Doesn't have Melvin Gordon. Not sure how that's going to shake out yet. And they don't have Derwin James either. And the Derwin James one I think is more of an impact than even the Melvin Gordon, in my opinion, okay. because it could make their defense less dominant. Yeah. I think they're going to be good on offense. They wouldn't be dominant on offense, mm-hmm. not like the Chiefs are or maybe even the Rams you might consider. But I think defensively they have a chance to be dominant. They have a chance to be the best defense in the league. Without Derwin James, that changes things. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to still take the Chargers to win the AFC West. Wow. I think there's a little bit of regression from the Chiefs, and that's not really regression in a bad way. It's more just natural. And I, I already gave you the schedule of the Chiefs earlier. Mm-hmm. Schedule's not easy difficult they've got some tough games and i think it's very important i think philip rivers realizes this this year too they have got to go get home field advantage they went out to new england lost the game if you have to go to kansas city you're going to lose the game you have to get home field advantage so i think for the chargers it's ultra important for them to this regular season they have to put more emphasis early on in the regular season and win these games and i think it might be philip rivers time we saw drew Brees late in his career be able to do what he did last year some of these old guys, it might be t- it might be Philip Rivers' chance now. The one thing that knocks the Chargers though, zero home field advantage. They you know, do playing playing in that stadium true. with what twenty thousand, thirty thousand people. That's true, but they do really have give a you... built-in home field advantage just from being in the West. No, Teams that's true. don't like going out west. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the Jaguars they have not performed well out west. So no. I see even when teams from. are bad or crowds aren't great. Yeah, uh, it's a tough thing to do sometimes right. and go out west. Do you want to knock out the wild card teams Let's from the it. AFC? So what you got? we're picking two of them. So go ahead and give me the Steelers, mm-hmm. and I'm taking the Chargers. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I take the Chiefs. Okay. And I take the. Um, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, yeah. So I keep the Cleveland Browns out of it. Yeah. And I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson fan here, but I think they're so solid everywhere else, and I like what Baltimore has created, that I think they're going to win a good amount of football games and sneak in. It's going to be a, a massive pileup for yeah. that last wild card spot, I think, in the AFC. I, I think, that, and listen, I, I told you I'm a Baltimore fan. I didn't take him to go to the wild card, though, unfortunately. The biggest question with Baltimore is their linebacking core, you know, because you're so used to seeing the Baltimore Ravens be a dominant linebacking core in the NFL, some of the best, and now you have a bunch of young guys, you have a bunch of servicemen in there, 
can that defense rebound and still be dominant like they have been for the past decade, it seems like. So okay, let's go to the it. NFC. I'll lead you off, okay? Yeah, hit me with it. Not going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys to win the okay. NFC East. Okay. We're going to have a little discrepancy here. I'm taking the Eagles. I bet you do. Yeah. Well. All right. <laughs> um, NFC North, we yeah. start the game tonight with Chicago and Green Bay. I think there's so much love for Green Bay. Yeah. I think it's false bravado when it comes to the Packers. I don't wouldn't buy into it. Uh, the Lions are the Lions. I think Chicago. You know what I think the problem with Chicago is? What's that? I think they're stuck on this kicker stuff. I think they are. The Chicago Bears might become Bartman and the Cubs. <laughs> Billy Goat and the Cubs. Yeah, they yeah. really might. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. The curse. You. Okay. Go look at the articles about the kickers, man. Yeah. There's way too much focus on the kickers. Like they are. They have such a self-conscious about what happened last year. Yeah. And can't let it go that it's actually infiltrated this year. And I think some of that stuff will leak uh, if they miss a kick. If Eddie Pinheiro, the former Gator kicker, yes. misses a kick tonight, mm-hmm. it will start this domino effect. That that will just be like mentally hard to overcome at times, mm-hmm. and it might eat them up in the postseason as well. I don't like Chicago for that reason. I actually like uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, this year to win the AFC North. Okay, uh, I'm also taking the Vikings, but I do like the Bears a lot. They got ch- so here's the thing with the Bears though. Obviously, last year solid defense. Vince Vic Fangio uh, kind of established a dominant defense. You bring Chuck Pagano in. And if you know anything about Chuck Pagano's philosophy, it's a little different than Vic uh, Fangio's. I, I played with Vic before, right? I know mm-hmm. what he runs. He doesn't like to do a lot of blitzing. He was a big believer in you just put the guys in the positions, don't make them think that much, and they'll respond well. Well, Chicago had a lot of success last year at defense. You bring in Pagano now, who lives and dies by the blitz uh, packages and things like that. So you might see a little more blitzing from the Chicago Bears. I'm curious to see if that kind of affects their defense at all in a negative way, but I'm taking the Vikings. They have a solid defense. They have weapons on offense. I like the Vikings a lot. I think this is the hardest division to pick in the NFL. The South or the North? The NFC oh, South. The South, really? I think it's really I difficult. think it's easy. Do you? You oh, just yeah. go with the Saints I'm all day. I'm going with the Saints all day. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think it's as easy as that. Okay. I, I think the Falcons have a real chance. Yeah. Heck, I don't even, I, I wouldn't eliminate the Panthers. And I like uh, Bruce Arians and, mm-hmm. and trying to fix Jameis Winston to the point where I think they'll be better than people think they'll be. So I think it's a tough division and uh, going to really. Uh, make the, the neighbors not too happy with me. But I'm actually take the Falcons to win the NFC South. Okay. And a little I, surprise pick. Yeah. And, and and I'm taking the high-powered offense of the Saints. I think they have an underrated defense. Uh, they're a little susceptible, especially at that back end with, like, Eli Apple playing the second corner. But I think with that high-powered offense, Drew Brees, Peyton calling the plays, man. Um, I, th- I think it's the Saints to win for sure. All right. And in the NFC West, is it a slam dunk for the Rams? Or is it Seattle? Or how about a team nobody's talking about that I like more than people want to give credit for? You've been mentioning for a while. 49ers. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think they bump off the Rams. I think the Rams are so invested. I'm not talking about golf in the QB position. But if you look at their defense, their defense isn't talked about enough. They've mm-hmm. got a lot of playmakers. They've got a lot of money invested over there. And then they know what they're doing on offense. The league might catch up a little bit, but they know what they're doing. I think coming off the Super Bowl, they have a chip on their shoulder. I don't predict them in the Super Bowl this year, but I do predict them to take the NFC West. I'm taking it, too. Obviously, the other pick would probably be the Seahawks. They lose Doug Baldwin now. It's weird. The Seahawks are always the team that you look at who they have on offense. doesn't really knock your socks off, but Russ Wilson always gets a, you know finds a way to, to win the division or at least get a wild card spot. I don't see it happening this year, though. I have the Rams all day. So then it's the tough part is the wild card I know. in the NFC, depending on who you picked here. Well, I'm going to take the Saints okay. to get a wild card spot. Yep. And I'm going to take 
somewhat reluctantly the Philadelphia Eagles. I mm-hmm. think they're just too much talent there. Although I don't love that pick of mine. I mean, you have Chicago that could get in. I think a Seattle or a San Fran could could make a run and get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we give a little too much credit to Philadelphia. But because I took a chance with Atlanta to win the NFC South, I got to back it up with a little more of a sure thing. I'm going to take Philadelphia Eagles. So I like that pick, by the way. Because I think the Eagles, Brent, like we forget how good Carson Wentz is too. Yeah. Right? When he's healthy. Now, but staying healthy is the what big if he thing. Well, then that falls backing him up anymore. No, and I understand that. But if he's healthy throughout the whole season, like they expect him to be, yeah, I think the Eagles are gonna be a good team because they have the defense in Schwartz that's bringing to the table too to back it up. So I like the Eagles, and I, I picked them to win the division. My wild card teams, I'm taking the Cowboys. And I've taken the Bears. It came down between the Bears and the Falcons. I was super close on this. I think Matt Ro- uh, Matt Jones, not Matt Jones, uh, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. I think they have a great connection this year, but the Bears defense um, sticks out to me. I don't think Chuck Pagano is going to ruin it too much, so I'm taking the Bears. I hated, by the way. I leave out Chicago. I leave out uh, uh, Seattle or San Fran. I'm telling you, keep an eye on San Fran. You, you've been campaigning this for yeah. a while. Uh, yeah. Now they lose the running back. Uh, they've just been snake bitten a little bit, so I don't want to buy into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the AFC, I'm not really mad at leaving out a lot. I think the Browns are going to disappoint to, and not get in the postseason. I really do. I believe Vegas that. has them at nine and a half right now games. Yeah. And listen, the uh, they've got a lot of talent. I just don't know if they're ready. We learned that around here. You got to be careful about that, and and I don't think so. AFC South is is so hard to predict. Uh, we homered up and took the Jags, and and then even in the West, I mean, we got the Chiefs and the Chargers. So I think the NFC is harder. I feel I feel uh, less confident leaving out some of the teams in the NFC, like Chicago, like Seattle, uh, maybe even a San Fran slipping in there. Sure. And and when we don't really go too far under the rate. Like who's the underdog that we're picking to do much? The Jags. The Falcons, I picked to win the NFC South. We know this happens. Why are we afraid to do it? We know what happens. There are like (laughs) six teams that made the postseason last year that will not this year, Mm -hmm. yet we're afraid to kind of pull the trigger. We are. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I look at my picks right now, and I mean, the only one I could come down off of is a little bit is replacing the Browns with the Ravens. you know, but I just I think it's Cleveland's the big one, Brent. All right, everyone's on the Cleveland bandwagon, and I get that. I just think that they're too talented and too successful not to fail. You know, I mean, and it reminds me of back when the Eagles had like their big lineup. I forgot what they called that defense. Remember when the Eagles spent all that money on defense? They had like that secondary and everything like that. And everyone's picking the Eagles to go to Super Bowl. Well, what happened? I think they won like four or five games that year. It was an absolute uh, blunder of a season for the Eagles. I don't see that happening in Cleveland. I think there's too many leaders in place. I think there's too many good guys in that locker room. I think Baker Mayfield, um, if he can back up what he's been acting like, I think he's going to be a great quarterback. So from that, I'm, I'm going. I'm taking the Browns, man. I do think there were two underdog teams I'd probably keep my eye on that most people wouldn't put in the postseason. Hey, San Francisco for me in the NFC yep. and Buffalo in the AFC. Buffalo, okay. Yeah. okay. Keep an eye. Okay. Keep an eye on. I wouldn't be shocked to see those teams get in. Put them down as my underdogs, okay, Coos? I want... Buffalo as a little asterisk, and I want San Francisco as a little asterisk. I want a little credit if they get in the postseason. Just a little. Do I have to pick two then? Quick, real quick, two as go well? Ahead. Give us the underdogs. Come on. Uh, underdogs, then. Go ahead and give me. I think Baltimore is an underdog. Hate to tell you. With Lamar Jackson? Yeah. So give me Baltimore Cubs. And give me the New York Jets. Underdog. So you didn't really give him one from the NFC. Oh, so we're doing one and one? Sorry. <laughs> so give me the, forget the Ravens then. The Jets and give me 
I guess the Falcons, but they're not really an underdog. But Falcons. Could be the Packers. Packers are a good one, You could actually. play the Packers as an underdog. Which is kind of crazy to think about. But I don't really think they're making the postseason. Much to the chagrin of everyone listening back home right now. I'm about to get a lot of text messages. <laughs> yeah, you probably are. You forgot all about oh, the Packers. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Packers the Super Bowl. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, everybody back home. Our Super Bowl picks, the latest on Antonio Brown, then a little stay in your lane next on ESPN 690. All right, let's roll through this as quick as we can. Uh, we both have, that, both have the Patriots winning the AFC East. I have the Steelers. You have the Browns, Austin Lane. We both have the Jags in the AFC South. Over up, baby. AFC West. I've got the Chargers winning. You have the Chiefs. Wild card teams, you have the Chargers and you have the Cle- uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Correct. I have the Baltimore Ravens and the Chiefs as my wild card team. In the NFC, I've got the Dallas Cowboys winning the East. You have the Eagles. I'll take the Eagles as my wild card team. You have the Cowboys. So two teams each, just in a different way. Uh, you have Chicago winning the NFC North. No, no. Uh, we both have Minnesota winning the NFC North. We do. Uh, you have Chicago going to as a wild card. Wild card team, correct. I have uh, New Orleans uh, going as a wild card and Atlanta winning the NFC South. Yeah. And then we both have the Rams in the NFC West. Correct. So there we go. Okay. No, we're not going round by round, all that kind no, of stuff. No, Let's no. just go Super Bowl. What do you got in Miami on Fox 30? I believe it's on Fox 30. Yes, it is on Fox 30. Uh, in February. We'll be there once yeah. again. We'll be celebrating like a year of the show by then. Yes, sir. What kind of celebration are we doing? I'm sure they're rolling out all the big bucks for that one. Let's go to Miami, you know, hang out with Pitbull a little bit, yeah. man. Maybe J-Lo will be down there, too. <laughs> Vita de Louis, yeah. Vita de Louis, too. Yeah. Ah, can't wait. Okay. Super Bowl? Yes. Who's in it? Who's winning it? Super Bowl? It's going to be the Patriots. Oh, come on. <laughs> really? Brent, it's going to be the Patriots. <laughs> Taking on the Saints. Go ahead and boom. I don't care. All right. But the numbers speak for themselves. Here, here's how I think it's going to shake out, I told sh- you last out, year. Don't I ever know. pick the Patriots That's to win the Super Bowl them. again. That's why I picked them. Just try to prove you wrong a little bit. No. Here's my philosophy, though, Brent. They play in the AFC East where I don't think any team is going to be able to match them up. I think they get easy wins in the AFC East. Hence, they get the home field advantage through the entire NFL playoffs. They have the advantage there at home field. They go to the Super Bowl, taking on the Saints. And I think uh, the New Orleans Saints win the Super Bowl. How about that? The neighbors would be happy. They'd be more than ringing the bell. Okay. That's a little Mississippi State, New I'll Orleans, St. Let's go ahead and flick it there. Uh, I there it we go. A little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Uh, little well, maybe the fix would be in if the Saints somehow get a, a break on a call. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm not saying there's any <laughs> conspiracy theories going on, but story, hey, storytelling, Brent, it's what we're all about here. All right. There have been quarterbacks that I wouldn't necessarily think are elite quarterbacks that have taken their teams to the uh, Super Bowl are we or going? deep into the postseason. Are we going to Jacksonville right now? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, that guy's won a Super Bowl MVP. Okay, but I thought you're – okay. Sorry. But I, yeah. we have, we've seen Blake Bortles, who nobody considers an elite quarterback, take him deep to the AFC Championship. I'll give it we to saw, you. I don't believe – and I think I'm not in the minority here. I don't think Goff is an elite quarterback. I really don't. But mm-hmm. he helped his team get there and good player. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to say, hey, he's going to carry him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm going with that theory in the NFC. Okay. Because yeah. I don't think Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback. But I think this could be the year for Jerry Jones. Okay. All the garbage, all the stuff. Over the years, the last two decades, Dallas has not done well. Mm-hmm. Yet I feel like he's put together one heck of a football team, really. You look at some of the players they have on defense. Mm-hmm. You look at some of the that offensive line, Zeke. Dak Prescott can do enough stuff. He's proven that. Even though, again, I, I had my question marks. Mm-hmm. 
Amari Cooper, they like the, the was a Gallup the receiver. Gallup, yeah. Witten's back. I mean, I'm not as high on the rest of their receiving core outside of Amari Cooper. Great, uh, o- great offensive line, too. You have to mention offensive line. Well, that, and that's where it's at. If yeah. you have a good offensive line, you got a chance. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys after all okay. the soap opera stuff with Zeke. Yeah. And how much will they pay Dak after he leads him to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. appearance? <laughs> not a win. Uh-oh. And it's not, it's not the Patriots either. I'm picking the L.A. Chargers. Wow. And Phillip Rivers to get a ring. The feel-good story yeah. around the NFL uh, Philip Rivers gets it done. Derwin James comes back at some point late in the year. Yep. They can hold off enough until the postseason. He comes back. He contributes. He makes that defense even better than he is. Than I like it it. Is. But Philip Rivers really carries the mantle and wins the Super Bowl for the first time. The L.A. Chargers with 28,000 people in their stadium yeah. Yeah. <laughs> will win the Super Bowl in, uh, in 2020 in February in Miami. Two questions for you about your prediction of the L.A. Chargers. Does Melvin Gordon come back? I do think Gordon will be back at some point this okay. year. Uh, it's a really tough one, yeah. but I don't think it's beneficial for him to sit out like Le'Veon Bell. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I think Bell was a different animal in that sense. Different I don't, scenarios. I don't think I would take that task if I if I was him. Yep. Uh, and I do think he comes back at some point. Okay. Does Philip Rivers win the MVP? Uh, yeah, I would have to say. He said, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Let's just go we'll okay. bank on that okay. uh, right now. Fair enough. Uh, we got to do stay in your lane real quick, and then yeah. we'll get a big, uh, we'll get a, a last update on Antonio Brown, how he started the show. Yeah. What's going on? Is he going to get suspended? What's the latest? Uh, but first, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane real quick, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not real quick. Uh, so, but you know how I feel about it. If an NFL player does something cool, I'm going to talk about it, especially an NFL player in our home city of Jacksonville. Clayus Campbell yeah. has took it upon nice. himself that uh, he He's going to pledge to a few charities throughout each month. And basically how it works is, uh, for every win that the Jaguars have, it's going to be $1,000. For every tackle for loss, $2,000. $5,000 for each sack. And $10,000 for each turnover slash block kick. The, the charity cap will be at $20,000 per month. The charities being involved are the Clara White Mission, Wounded Warrior Project, the United Way, that targets mental health awareness. And I don't think I missed any. No, I'm make sure I got them all there. Um, oh, and I'm sorry. And feeding Northeast Florida, which will be in September. So that'll be the first one. Very good. Uh, Billy Horschel's heavily involved in that, too. And uh, really good organizations. Listen, Calais Campbell, uh, one of the best to ever do it in a Jags uniform on and off the field. He'll join us uh, every Thursday on Jaguars All Access, except for tonight because their schedule got changed around. We'll have Rasheen Mathis out there. I'm headed there in just a few minutes to Mellow Mushroom at Avondale. Hope you can join us 7 o'clock on Fox 30 if you can't make it out. Oh, thank you, Coos. The music, know, was, the music was, was just a I little mean, distracting. Geez, that it's all was good. Crazy. Uh, listen, Brent, real quick. That doesn't feed your headache, nice, Coos. So listen, I don't claim to be a know-it-all father, but one of the life lessons that I'm teaching my son is that you got to start what you finish. And sometimes things don't go your way, but that's okay. It's about how you respond to them, right? Well, the Tennessee Vols right now are having kind of a, a problem on their team where Jeremy Pruitt has announced that Terrell Bailey and wide receiver Jordan, Jordan Murphy have now left the football program yep. after that loss to Georgia state and on top of that too uh king murph who's a player i want to say he is a corner from tennessee um he, he, he goes by King Murph. Basically, uh, he was on Twitter making fun of the loss, um, retweeting some things that people said that were funny about Georgia State. And now he's on Twitter, um, you know, making fun of himself basically and his team and his performance. Listen, uh, 
No. Okay, you, you can't lose to Georgia State at your own house and then expect to be cool with that. You can't just walk away from something that happened, and you can't try to make fun of what happened. All right, You guys got embarrassed in front of your home crowd to a team that had no business being there. You paid a school a million dollars to come whoop your butts, and now you want to go on Twitter and make fun of yourselves about it? No, that's not, that's not what we do. Uh, yeah, finish it off, man. You commit. Yeah. Make the commitment. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, even through the tough times. Yeah. Okay. Hey, last thing real quick. Uh, Antonio Brown, it's been the big talker of the day. We started the show really the first half hour. You can always go back and listen to that Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 podcast or on any of the video platforms. You can, you can check out the entire show. But a- Antonio Brown, it's still reported by Adam Schefter and ESPN that he'll be suspended. Yeah. Now, there's no official announcement from the Raiders just yet, so expect that maybe tonight we can catch you up on the TV side on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But this uh, run-in with Mike Mayock, uh, no comment from John Gruden, and the Antonio Brown situation's a mess. We'll follow it along. Tomorrow we'll have our first-ever celebrity six-pack. We'll do some picks as well for the games this weekend. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you out at Mellow Mushroom and Avondale. Jaguars All-Access, 7 o'clock on Fox 30 tonight. Rasheen Mathis, our guest. So we'll see you on the TV side, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.